Welcome into Between the Pylons. I'm John Camacho. And this is Jacob Waters. And guys, we have an awesome show for you guys today. We are going to be going through all the news and notes around the NFL, which we do every single week. We have an extended word from camp section today. So we're going to be talking about all the fantasy relevant uh, news going, going on all around the NFL. And then we have a new segment we're bringing up. Hamstring watch yep. because we we try to bring we are trying to uh, keep you guys informed about all the injuries and hamstring is just so prevalent this year and maybe it's prevalent every year but I feel like we're noticing it more this year than mm-hmm. ever. Um, I want everyone to know because those things they stick around so we're gonna we're gonna keep you guys informed. We're gonna do that every single week. Close out the show with a fantasy football profile and our top five deep sleepers. Deep deep sleepers. Deep deep yeah. sleepers. These are these are extra deep. Um, yeah, this is a fantasy-heavy episode, and guys, if you are watching this and thinking, man, this is a little bit shorter than normal, don't worry. We have another episode coming out this week as well. We're going to record right after we're done recording this. We're going through my uh, fantasy rankings, so if you're interested in some fantasy football rankings and all that, we'll get into that in the next episode, but uh, look out for that if you're interested. Yeah, and while we're clearing up some stuff, you still see the T.Y. Hilton hanging up behind us right here. If you would, please like, subscribe to our channel. It really means a lot to us, and put a comment on this video saying, hey, here for the jersey. That will enter you one time. We have a video from last week that you can also enter in and go back to that one and enter in two times. And we're going to run this for three more episodes, I would say, and then put all the names in and draw it out. Winner gets the T.Y. Hilton jersey sent to you for free. You can also do this on Apple Podcasts, five-star review. Leave the comment. We're good to go. Yeah. Just subscribe, like, comment. That's all you got to do. Boom, boom, boom. Help us give stuff away. Exactly. All right, guys, we will get into it. First thing we got to talk about today is the COVID uh, testing mistake that happened. Yeah, the dilemma thing. It was kind of this scary thing that hit where... All of a sudden, it was like, I mean, six teams, six different teams had to cancel practice for a day, and then it turned out, well, it was all from the same testing center, and they they all ended up being false positives. Fake news. Fake news. So just a minor thing, really, didn't end up being a big thing. Scary, though, right? Well, honestly, it's good that it's fake news, because we don't, that's the last thing that football fans, if we, you know, if we want to see the game play this fall, that could shut it down. Yeah. That could shut it all down. All it takes is one massive outbreak that goes down, and... I mean, you never know. Postpone, push back, done. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I, I remember seeing I was at work, and I was like, oh shit. Yeah, it's like is this, this is not is what it we over? need right now. Yeah, and, and it ended up being false positives, like like you said. Yeah. Thank God. I mean, it really, the NFL has actually been kind of, I would say, lucky and done a good job at, at times uh, dealing with the, the pandemic. They haven't had a lot of issues. They've uh, The issues they have had have been, pre, you know, handled pretty well, I feel like. You mm-hmm. know, and it's, it's worked out about as well as you can with, you know, the situation. So I, I'm actually kind of excited. I feel the most confident I've ever been that, that we're having football season this year uh, throughout the offseason. It was kind of touch and go there for a minute it's happening man i'm excited i was about to say the same i feel as confident as i've ever been in saying that we're going to get to see some version of football played it's probably going to be i mean the one that we all have come to love over the years it's it's going to be a good game i'm hoping that you know players aren't really going down every single week with it but we know that that's going to be a factor and that's something we're going to have to look at but either way we still get to see the product and that's all we want that's good uh, we'll move on to the Ravens releasing Earl Thomas. He got into a dispute at practice, punched a guy, 
it looked like the video was over some blown coverage type of thing. Either way, they saved themselves twenty five million in dead cap over the two. No, it carries. Ooh, yeah, it yeah. carries. So they're hurting. Yeah. That. So yeah, they're 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 in a yeah, little bit of trouble. Was. Well, it was one of those things where so he he gets in a fight. What it was what last week at some point. Yeah. I think it was like last Thursday or Friday. He gets in a fight and he's not he's not cut all right off the bat. They were trying to trade it. Well, they were weighing their options. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were trying to figure out. And then you know after he gets cut, you hear all these reports. Apparently, it was not very well liked and and uh, among the teammates and uh you know the ravens are just trying to do everything they could to get out of that contract either way they're eating 25 million over the next two years well, he, sh- he, sh- he would show up late he had some yeah. dissonance with the coaches it just wasn't working out and i don't know he's had a really really bad offseason with his name being in the news for the the situation with his brother and i forgot wife. about that well, that's that's crazy yeah, to you're think that something right. like that can happen and that just gets swept under the rug so easily i mean more power to him i guess don't hold anything over his head for a personal matter but you know, he had that going on, so that was definitely there. And now this, who knows? I'm hearing the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I think Cowboys. I heard 49ers, uh, too. There was And the Chiefs. I think that's just people uh, wanting to make yeah. some fucking yeah. squads. It's one of those things where, like, you, you always kind of assume. When it's, yeah. So I feel like he, he comes from the Seattle scheme. The Ravens did not run the Seattle scheme, and they, you know, and the Ravens kind of have a complex defense, especially in the coverage because they're always sending different weird blitzes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, very complex defense from you're that saying from Earl that Thomas standpoint. Can't learn it. No, I, I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> I, I'm saying yeah, you're going to put me in a bad spot. Yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is, I'm looking at the teams that do run that Seattle scheme. So to me, it makes more sense. 49ers, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you know, it's all over the NFL. I'm, I'm missing a lot of teams as well, but that makes the most sense to me. But then also, he has said multiple times he wants to go to the Cowboys. Uh, I mean, he was still with yeah. the Seahawks when uh, the video surfaced where he was like, yeah, uh, you know, I want to be here as long as I can, but when they kick me to the curb, Cowboys come get yeah, me. Yeah, he said, Jerry, come get me. Yeah, exactly. And then there was mixed reports today from Ian Rappaport and yeah. Adam Schefter coming out. Uh, Rapp said that the Cowboys had no interest, right, in Jerry yeah. Jones, and Schefter said that they yeah. do, and Who Jerry I, Jones... And Jerry Jones came out and said that, that he doesn't know where Rapp is getting his information, but yeah. but it's incorrect. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I mean, at this point in his career, I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have. You no, know, he's, he's still a Pro Bowl he, caliber I, I, I agree with that. I'm, yeah. saying, I'm saying right now, with, with, all, with all the issues, he's... I mean, is he Pro Bowl caliber or is he just, like, I, I middle he, of the I pack? Think I think he's Pro Bowl caliber. Still think I so? do, and I think if he is able to land at a team like Dallas, whose secondary was decimated from losing Byron Jones to the Dolphins, That's true. Yeah. it could be one of the last weak spots on that team, yeah. if you will. I mean, I mean, and we they're, were they're primed and ready. To we go. were pointing, we were pointing the finger uh, when when Adams was still in with the Jets. Yeah. You know that the Cowboys could trade for him, so it makes sense. I mean, there's we've been trying to po- uh, connect dots for the Cowboys with a safety for a while. Well, it's because it would they, make a lot they of have sense. they have Ha Ha Clinton Dix at yeah. free safety, but if you're able to and or he can run strong too, but if you're able to bring in Earl Thomas too, yeah. It could help out yeah, a future Hall of Fame safety. Not, not a bad thing to yeah. add to your defense, right? Uh, yeah, I, I will still say, as far as the Ravens, I still think they're probably one of the most talented. I mean, they're the most. I, I mean, am I crazy to say they're the most talented team, like roster wise, uh, top to bottom? I mean, they're just stacked. It seems I mean, like top offensive, five yeah, offensively, yeah. defensively, they have studs all over the field. I mean, they have a lot of talent. I'm not super worried about the Ravens. No, defense. this doesn't swing them any variation of a win or no, loss. They're, I don't they're, think so. they're still coming into 2020 ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll move on. Uh, talk about the Cowboys a little bit more. Cowboys did restructure Tyron Smith's contract, saving about $7 million. I always find these things interesting, right? I mean, we, we talk about it all the time on the show. 
they're not moving money around for no reason, right? They're, so the, could this be could an be Earl, Earl Thomas, Thomas thing? It could be. It, it could also be a Jadavion Clowney thing. I mean, oh my we don't, God. I'm just saying. Because I'm just they saying. Lost Gerald McCoy. Clowney's still there. They lost Jared McCoy. It, does does Clowney say, man, I could do a one year prove it deal with the Cowboys, take twelve million dollars or you know fit, whatever it and, is, and be the second best D lineman on there because Demarcus Lawrence and, is there and yeah. fucking wreck people for a year That's on scary. a team that he knows is going to be good because they they're I mean the Cowboys are top they, five they no talent too. <laughs> I mean yeah, yeah, they have no more excuses with Mike McCarthy coming into town there. I mean, they're moving around money for something, like you said. Yeah. Oh, that's so scary, though. Scary. Yeah. Cowboys fans, be excited. It's going to be a good year. All right, and we will stay on the topic of safeties right now. We have a new highest-paid safety in the National Football League, and pretty surprising, Cha-ching. I would say. <laughs> I'd say surprising, right? Yeah, no. Buda I mean, Baker comes in, and he is getting some money, $59 million. Yeah. The guaranteed wow. hasn't come out because this, this news actually came out yeah. the day that we're recording. So we, we actually just put this in right before recording. Um, yeah, 59 million is what we're hearing. About 14 million uh, a year is the is the average for his contract. We don't know the guaranteed. I mean, this is a dude who's been a, a pro bowler the past two years. I he's mean, 24 years old. 24 years I mean. old, star. I mean, he, he was, he's been good for the, for yeah. the Falcons. Uh, I don't think he's a household name yet, but he's I mean, he's he is a damn good safety and people that pay attention Especially to the the Falcon, or excuse me, to Arizona, are very excited right now. They know that he's worth it. Well, yeah, Arizona doesn't have many key pieces on defense, and the ones they do in a Chandler Jones and a Buda Baker, you gotta lock those guys yeah. down. It is kind of weird to think that he's the highest paid safety, and he does not have an interception on his name. Really, I didn't it's even a know fun that. Fact, didn't it? Adam Schefter tweeted that one out? Really, he does not have an interception. It's I did weird. not know that. That's that's crazy. So this does go back to your theory. The one that the one thing you like on a defense is to have a stud at every level. I right? love levels. Yes, Chan- Chandler Jones, level one. We got the star, their the linebacker that they they drafted Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons. Thank you. I lost the name, and then now Buda Baker on the top. I mean, their their defense is built the way you like to build. Defenses. I like I like having the three headed monster at levels on defense because then you can have above average pieces that like you know the the, the friendly contract veterans that you can come in yeah. and plug in and really have a solid core because sometimes doing what the Rams do and just getting all star after all star after all star it doesn't pair well yeah. and then you jeopardize your future. That's how I like to do it and still be cost efficient. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we'll move on. Uh, a little bit of sad news, but also I think good news. I mean. Ron Rivera was diagnosed with with lymph node cancer, yeah. uh, but it's very treatable, uh, so that's good. If it, if it had to be cancer, at least it's not something super serious. Uh, he is is still going to be able to coach and everything. This is you know Ron Rivera, coach for Washington Washingtons. Uh, Jack Del Rio, the the ex head coach for the the Raiders back in the day, a couple what five, three or four years ago now, yeah. uh, is the interim head coach for Ron Rivera. Um, sad, something to keep an eye on, something to, something to think about. I I don't think this affects the team that much. Do you? I think if anything, and it, it could be a rally point. It could be a galvanize. It, it, yeah, it really could. It could be something that brings them together on a first-year coach too. Who sometimes yeah. some of the players that are in that organization have been there might be disassociated with it. Just like, oh, here comes the new guy and his guys and all that. Yeah, maybe it's something that they can rally around because they really don't have a lot of good news yeah. going around them. And this <laughs> this isn't good news, but we're hoping that Ron it, can push through yeah. and the team can rally. And maybe they can grind it out together, and they'll all be better because of it. Man, has there been a team in recent history that you can remember that has had more of a hit than the Washington Washingtons? It's pretty bad. I right mean, now. just it is. at every single level. Oh yeah, you have a you have a player that was accused of a violent crime yes. against women. You have a you have sexual misconduct accusations. You had to change your name. I mean, this team, and then now your coach got cancer. I mean, this team is cursed. 
It's been I bad. mean, God, it's just absolutely awful for you Washington. You agree with me now why I said I don't want Trevor Lawrence to go there? Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. He's I don't the blessed think, one. I don't want him to go suffer. The, the, the crazy thing is they still have a really good defense. Like, Washington's yes, defense is, is actually really good when you look at the names. Like, it's top kind of exciting. defensive line. And then, oh, yeah, easily. I would say top five. Ron Rivera's a great defensive head coach. I'm not worried about their defense. Look, their offense is is going to struggle a little bit. They do have a star wide receiver on, at, in Terry McClellan, mm-hmm. McLaurin, Scary Terry. Their offensive line isn't good. Their running game is going to be a question mark. I actually am kind of excited about Bryce Love. I think he's going to kind of ball out a little bit this year. There's pieces around Washington from a football standpoint. It's just, I mean, you remember the rant. I, I posted on Twitter, yeah. got a lot of traction, uh, the rant that I did about about uh, the owner, Zack Snyder, and all that. Uh, so I'm not super excited about, you know, the Washington organization in general. But, I mean, their team isn't as bad as maybe the news is making it seem over the past Well, they just have such a weight that is on them Dude, with, it's with, bad. with having a roster that is below average. It is. In, well, oh, in it's most, absolutely below average. Yeah, exactly. It absolutely I mean, is, yeah. They're, they're going to end up being a top five pick, I believe. Yeah. And they're going to have some questions on, on what to do with it. And yeah. none of this bad news makes it nah, any easier yeah. for them. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I'm glad you I'm glad you said that. I'm, I'm saying they have pieces to build around oh, for the I future get that. is what yeah. I was yeah, well, kind of going Well, that D-line is looking. Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen. They have Who they just add? Chase Young? Yeah. I mean, they have Alabama defensive line and then Chase Young on top of it. I mean, really, it's it's, it's legit. It really is. It is yeah. good. Oh, it's uh, Dolphins are moving to a through camp slowly. Will almost certainly start Fitzpatrick. How yeah. do you feel about yeah, that one? So, so I mean, look, I think we knew this. I think when the Dolphins well, drafted to a, yeah. they knew that they weren't going to rush it. Look, the Dolphins aren't going to be good this year. We all know that. Look, the Dolphins will probably be better than five wins. That's not saying a whole lot, but I mean, they won five games last year, and a couple of them they probably shouldn't have. I think they they were like four and one in, in uh, one score games. Yeah. Uh, so they they kind of got lucky a couple times there, but. You, you have your franchise quarterback. Move them along slowly. There's no rush. I want to do. I want to do what uh, Denver did last year with Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. Start them like like basically bury them on the depth chart for the first you know 12 weeks of the season, and then get them in there the last couple games. Get them some reps when it doesn't really matter too much. Get some excitement around his name, and then go into the next season, the 2021 season, with a lot of excitement. That's how I feel about Denver this year. I'm extremely excited about Denver. I think I'm going to be extremely excited about my, my Dolphins next year. Um, but you know, Fitzpatrick's a good placeholder. I'm excited. Well, Fitzpatrick can mess around and win you some games too. Yeah, he can. Yeah. Um, no, I like that with the Drew Lock thing because we've seen Drew Lock in a, a very limited sample size. Yeah. But if you ask, I would say the average fan about if if he's trending up or down, he's trending up. Oh, absolutely. And we've, we've seen him in less than less than half a season. So yeah. if you're able to do that same thing with Tua and maintain his health, you get the buzz going, you get that confidence hype. Yeah. I mean, get like the, Drew Locke last year, just felt like he was sitting there vibing on the bench. He, like he had some swagger around him, right? Exactly. Yeah, and if, you, if you're able to do that with yeah. Tua, why put him out there? And have his record be three or four wins this year. Yeah, that's not. Don't do that. To and him. and and behind a still bad offensive line yes. for the Dolphins. I mean, he's never played behind a bad offensive line. At least maybe he did in college or in high school. I don't know. But in college, I mean, he's he's always played around a pretty damn good offensive line. Yeah. So so yeah. I don't give y'all give y'all another year, build up that infrastructure, that exactly. line, get you some more weapons, which I think you're yeah. You're, Weapons well, around are yeah. pretty solid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As far yeah, we we probably need a star running back next year. We probably need another receiver. Maybe uh, you know we'll see what happens. Offense, offensive line, defense line needs help. But man, it, it's just one of those things where I, I just want to see progress. As a Dolphins fan, as a as just somebody who roots for pretty much every team, yeah, you want to see progress from these. This is a very young roster. You just want to see them have some confidence and and move forward through the year. Not going to be good, but if they win six games. That's that's a damn good season for the Dolphins. Well, that's how you have to go into it yeah. because you can't expect them to be just straight up playoff team with two yeah. right now. 
Uh, let's move on to a different Florida team. There have been reports. So this is kind of a weird story where, where there are reports that it was happening. And I think this was actually Thursday, right after we posted the last week's podcast. There were reports that came out. Yannick Ngakwe is going to get traded. There were, there were names out there. Uh, Ian Rappaport said Raiders uh, ha- having interest and all this happened. And then nothing happened. The, the GM, Dave Caldwell, comes out and says that they are not close to a deal yet. So I don't know what happened. A conversations must have been going on and then things fell through one way or the other. Um, you know, beyond that, I just don't know what happened. No, nobody does until, until everything comes out, but Yannick Ngakwe, look, he's not reporting to camp. He's waiting for a trade. He's stram, you know, he's string hung the, uh, the Jaguars organization, forcing yep. them, forcing their hand to trade him and then forcing the Jaguars to be in this awkward position. And we talked about it a lot on this podcast. So if you're a long time listener, you've heard our thoughts on this, but you're, you're forced in a position where you want to get, ag- uh, available value as much value as you can but you don't have a lot of leverage to to get that value i mean you just don't yannick is guaranteed floor price a first round pick easily that's guaranteed there is a chance that jacksonville might be able to twist some arms and somehow find themselves in a two first round pick sort of type of thing i mean they could do a first and a second no problem with future picks and i think if you're a team looking to acquire this that's what you want yannick Ngakwe has been buried by Jacksonville just not being a powerhouse team and having superstar names across the board. But if you put Yannick on Dallas, if Yannick's been on Dallas, everyone knows who this guy is. Everyone knows He kind of reminds me of Daniil Hunter with the Vikings. These are unsung heroes of the defensive line who are top 10 Pro Bowl caliber guys that you should give up the first round pick immediately, especially if you're one of these competing teams that's in the back half of the first Send it out. Yeah. Get him. Sign him. I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. And look, we we've beaten this subject to to we a head. Have. I mean, do you what do you what are your thoughts about the Raiders coming out as a name? Is that, that is there anything there you think? If there's something there, I mean they they would they have need a help. pretty yeah, yeah, they would have a pretty good D line. Max Crosby really stepped up, Same. hoping that Cleland Farrell can really kind of go into yeah. his own, but he hasn't yet. If you're able to get Yannick, I mean you got pieces. Yeah, man. I was gonna say. I mean, look, Max Crosby. Max Crosby was what the third, fourth round pick that looked like the first rounder, and Colin Farrell was the Farrell was the first rounder that looked like the third or fourth round pick last year. Uh, they, I do think they need another piece. Uh, we'll see what happens with Farrell this year. I think he's gonna be kind of a high floor. Oops, sorry, guys. Uh, I think he's gonna be kind of a high floor type of guy. Yeah. Um, or you know, one of those things, but not a super high ceiling. Uh, I would love to see Onik on the Jaguars. I think that would really, or excuse me, the the uh, Raiders, I think that would really help their uh, their team. But man, uh, here's here's my thing. Here's where my head goes. We just talked about uh, we we just talked about Cl- uh, Clowney a second ago. Mm-hmm. Would you rather trade multiple picks for Yannick Ngakwe or just sign Jadavion? Yeah, exactly. Sign right. Jadavion and look, they're different types of players. That's absolutely yeah. fair. I'm not, I'm not comparing them apples to apples, but I mean they play a similar position. <laughs> no, know? but I mean when when you're looking at the value that you would have to give up and. I mean, jeopardize your future because that's yeah, what it is. Because if, if these guys don't hit, and some, what if Yannick doesn't like where he goes again? He yeah. didn't like Jacksonville. Jacksonville's a pretty nice town. Doesn't probably doesn't like the organization for whatever reasons, just like yeah. all the other athletes do for some reason. But there's a chance it's if he issue. goes in these picks and trade them, and he doesn't want to sign a deal. There you go. You just got rid of him for a one year. Yeah. No, I I, fun. I I I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, and and look, I think. 
regardless of the comparison from Clowney to Yannick Ngakwe, because they're yeah. not the same player, and I know that, you can't tell me anybody that is looking at defensive line, anybody that's considering, any team that's considering uh, trading for Yannick Ngakwe has to look at Jadavion Clowney, too. Has to have done their homework on him as well. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand how you can make that deal to give up multiple picks when there's a guy on free agency right now, and that has to hurt Ngakwe's uh, trade value. I mean, I, I just can't imagine it doesn't. Yeah, and that's just what hurts the Jaguars. They're yeah. always able to find the talent and lose the talent. Yeah. And then it's bad. Uh, we'll move on with another defensive lineman yeah. who is having some problems with his team. It's Melvin Ingram, but it's kind of turned in, in their favor. It's gone the way that both of us have agreed that we like seeing these things unfold. Yeah. Melvin Ingram was holding out. He is now doing a hold-in where he is at least going through team drills, going through walkthroughs, being at team meetings while both parties try to work out a deal. And this is good because you protect your player, you protect your star. You're showing him that, yes, we are willing to work with you on this, but the player is also reciprocating and saying, I have a job to do. I'm here, and I'm going to work on it. Yeah, it's good. yeah, I actually love that. I think it's a smart move. I think he kind of he must have had a conversation with one of the hires ups and said, "Hey, we're going to try and get this done. Yeah, you have to be in camp, or it's not happening." Like it's one of those things where I mean, and this is what the like, look last year. Melvin Gordon held out, and and he got absolutely nothing, and he lost a lot of money trying to hold out and get a big contract from the from the Chargers. Yes, that's a running back. Yes, that's a little bit different than the value position that than the very important position yeah. that Melvin Melvin Ingram plays. But, I mean, I, I think the Chargers have shown that as an organization, they're not going to give in to player demands, and they are going to force their players to, you know, like, if you honestly, don't want to play, you don't want to play. Honestly, that really worked in their favor. Yeah. It, it really did, because oh, a, lot of, a lot of times you see the players actually come up on the upper hand, and, you know, situation case by case, it's it's all different. Like, I'm not saying, you know, bad on the players all the time. Yeah, of course. But for the Chargers and the way that the future outlooks, yeah, you're right. Yeah. They showed... Kind of a zero tolerance type of thing. It's like if you want to, if you think that you're bigger than this entire team, you go do you, yeah. and then you can go somewhere else next year, waste a year of your career, and probably take a dollar hit somewhere. Yeah. Or you can just come play with us, and we'll work something out. Yeah. Solid. And, and it's an, it's a kind of the same thing as far as positional value or mm-hmm. not positional value, but but the strength of the position. The Chargers looked at the running back position and said, "Yeah, we got guys behind you. We we like Justin Jefferson enough, and we're really good with Austin Eckler as our starter." Yeah. And they said, "You know, we'll run it." And it worked out really well for him. And then, you know, you, you look at the defensive line position. You just yeah, paid Joey Bosa. Yeah, they just paid Joey Bosa. They have Joey Bosa. They've got a lot of young draft picks on that on that interior defensive line. Hopefully they hit. We'll see. I mean, it's kind of a remain-to-be-seen kind of situation. Melvin Ingram, you know, wants to get paid, and I know the Chargers want to pay him. But they're not in a situation where they absolutely have to. Like, they, they'll survive. They'll still have a good, a scary defensive line without Melvin Ingram. I think they need to pay him. I do too, but it doesn't need to set the record again. Like, yeah, that's, and that's not. and that's probably where it's at. I yeah, mean, he looked across from him and saw Joey getting paid, and he was like, "Okay, yeah. let's, let's tie it or re up it." You know, and it's like, yeah, and it's like that's not. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I, I absolutely agree. Uh, but we'll move on uh, to Vic Fangio. Uh, we're talking about the offensive side of the ball for Vic Fangio when you know he's a defensive head coach. Weird. Uh, yeah, <laughs> does not plan to assign a running back. And uh, look, so he has Melvin Gordon, who we just talked about. Obviously, that's that's the connector. I should have used that instead. Um, we got Melvin Gordon. We have Phil Lindsay. Apparently, it's going to be a fifty-fifty backfield. Do you believe this? Is this coach speak? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think fresh legs. I think running back by committee. I think it is a good. I think it's just the way that the league is going nowadays. It's, yeah, we're we're seeing a, a dying breed and a workhorse back, and it is more cost efficient to do the running back by committee approach. And stats can also show you that it is sometimes more effective. I mean, look oh, at some absolutely. of the most potent offenses right now. And if you have two caliber guys of uh, Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay that yeah. you can run off of each other and feed the hot hand and. 
you know, just bust it out here and there. Yeah, it's yeah. good. And there are different types of players as well. But, yeah. I mean, you know, we both know Gordon can catch the ball pretty well out of the backfield, just like Phil Lindsay. And, look, Phil Lindsay last year proved he could run in the middle. I mean, he, he did. Look, he's not going to last as long as a Melvin Gordon. Obviously, his, his body just isn't built that way. But, I mean, he has some burst and he has some explosion up the middle. He can he can run over people. You know, he's, he's just – he's a bowling ball down, you know, in the middle of the field. So, yeah, I, I'm, I actually believe it. I think fantasy I think value – yeah. yeah, I think fantasy value just kills both of them. Like, I'm not looking for either. Of these guys in fantasy, unless the other one goes down, and that's just an unfortunate thing yeah, to I mean, say. I but would, it just I is would what take, it is. I would take Philip Lindsay. Just I don't know where he's trending off the top of my head, but I know that Melvin's in the third or fourth round. Yeah, that's hard to do for a 50 50 split. Yeah, Philip Lindsay's in the sixth or seventh 50 50 split. There's something there. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely, I absolutely agree. Uh, we'll bring it to my home team, the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, and a little bit of bad news with Dalvin. We they kind of called off contract talks right now. He was doing a, a mini holdout, decided to swap it to a hold in. And here we are now. They said that they're just going to go ahead and just run it week one, and they will hope to resume contract talks at another point in the season. And that scares me because he he has a very – I'm trying to think – like his price. I mean, it, his value to our offense, we can't run it without him. I, I truly think – So, okay, so we actually – we might disagree on this a little bit. Look, so I, you're okay I, if we lose I, I run love, Alexander Madison? I love Dalvin Cook. I absolutely – I don't want to – look, he's Doesn't a – uh, like First of all, he's a Florida Stater, so I loved him then. Coming out of college, he had some off-the-field issues, but as a running back, he was among the top running backs coming out of yeah. that class, and that was a loaded class. But – I think it is fair to point out that Alexander Madison did well last year. He did. He, he was not a bad running back, and, and he had to come in and start for Dalvin Cook in times, and he, he performed as as well. I mean, I'm not going to say he performed better, but he, he performed as well at times. There wasn't a point where I looked at Alexander Madison and said, man, Dalvin Cook could have gotten 20 when Alexander Madison got 10. And I never saw that on film. Maybe there were, were points. I'm not saying there wasn't. Obviously, Dalvin Cook is the better running back. I think we both agree on that. I'm not super scared if Alexander Madison is your starter next year. And you have obviously you would have to draft it's, a younger a, guy it's behind him. It's a step him. down, though. It, it and, absolutely and, 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 is. And in taking a step down when we really can't afford that because we're still not known as an elite elite team. Yeah. Across, we're known no, as but we're known yeah. as a good team yeah. that can get to the playoffs. If we lose our Pro Bowl running back, that really does affect the offense, especially go, I'm going off of last year. I don't know what we're going to look like this year with without Kevin Stefanski yeah. running it and stuff. But we got to have Dalvin. I, I think so. I absolutely agree. My biggest thing with this is. First of all, you go down the list, and we talked about it so much on this podcast, we're not going to go back through the list, but if you go down the list of running backs that got paid, the team lost on almost every deal in the, in, you know, the past couple of years if you look look at history. I mean, the team has lost every yeah. time they pay the big, the big star running back. When you go back. to that third or fourth year, it's like, oh, and they're not even around. You, you combine that with the fact that Dalvin Cook really has only had one season of success for the Vikings. Every other year he's been hurt. I get that. I mean, so so look, I I, I understand the the value for Dalvin Cook. He he is an incredibly power, great 13 player. Thirteen million dollars. Thirteen million dollars feels like a lot for me. It really? does. Yeah, it feels I like. Th- I think that's being fair. And, and it is. It's totally fair based on his talent. I I don't agree. And look, I I always pay the player. I, I always want to see I pay, him, I pay him thirteen because I think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think. What's McCaffrey at right now? Sixteen. Yeah. Saquon's gonna go above that. He's not above that level. No. What's Derrick Henry at? Twelve. Okay, maybe 12, 11. I yeah. mean, 12, 11 to 13 is where I think we have our range of Dalvin. Yeah. If Dalvin wants 15 up, you're right. He's going to walk. It all depends on the price, but he does have a certain value that dollar signs transcend when it comes to our offense yeah. because I think if you take him away this year, 
we're yeah. a nine an eight, eight, I, nine win team. And look, I, I get that. I, I just always I always look at the teams that haven't. I mean, we just talked about the the Chargers who didn't back down from the running back. Yeah, it, it just seems like more often than not, when you kind of just you 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 pretty much force the running back to take the value of the running back position and and deal with it. It usually works out. I mean, look, we're gonna we're gonna find out if Zeke was worth it. We're gonna find out if the if Derrick Henry was worth it. I think both of them were, and I think See, Dalvin I Cook think, could I don't be. think Derrick Henry's that bad. I think Derrick Henry actually yeah, I'm just humbled saying, himself and I, yeah. not humbled himself, but he took the team friendly deal. And if if Dalvin's willing to do something like that, then that's yeah. an absolute win. No, I, I I do agree with yeah. that. I, I think it was a team friendly deal for for the amount of money he took compared to the amount of offense that he brings to the table. Um, and I, I totally get that side of it. I'm just saying for the running back position. We we know how how injury prone Dalvin Cook is at this point. We know how I mean he's kind of a smaller guy. He, he's built the same way that a Devontae Freeman was. Freeman didn't finish his second contract, so I, I wonder if Dalvin Cook will finish his. But at the same time, I mean he's had injuries, but he hasn't played a lot of NFL games. I mean yeah. because he's had you know ACL, which you come back from, you're fine. You know some things like that. That so maybe not as much wear and tear. I don't know, man. I, I well, you're, you're I get right, where you're coming. You're from. right in saying the years that he he has played and hasn't played, especially. If he does the holdout, and a lot of teams don't like guys who do that necessarily, yeah. then when you add on the limited film over his three or four-year yeah. career, yeah, I mean, he's been banged up. I think Cook knows that he needs to come out. He's going to have every opportunity to be the star running back. He knows that he needs to come out and perform, play through injury, because he got hurt last year, too. He hasn't had a fully healthy season. He hasn't had 16 games. It's hard to, it's hard to have eight, 16 games as an NFL quarterback, uh, running back. I understand that. But, I mean, you know, I think he knows that he has to come out, play every game, play hard, rack up, you know, 1,300 yards rushing, and and then he'll probably get a big deal next year. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's that makes sense. Yeah. 12 million, that's good. 13 yeah. million, I'm okay with. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's move on to Cam Newton, another one of your guys. Um, look, this is... It's over. the The quarterback battle is done, and look, I, maybe we're calling it too early, but I'm going to no. call it right now. Uh, Cam Newton is becoming the clear starter in camp. Uh, there was J- Jared Sidham was admitted to the hospital last week with tests on his leg, came back negative. Nothing, not a huge issue there, um, but he has outperformed Jared Sidham and uh, Brian Horner. Obviously, we knew we knew Brian Horner was wasn't really going to be in that in that uh, conversation, but he's outperforming Jared Sidham. There were reports late last week that maybe they do a two quarter back set I think that's just I think it was just coach speak you know kind of giving Jerry Sidham a hand you know leg up I guess but it's over man Cam Newton's the starter he's gonna be a starter for the rest of the season unless he gets hurt you see my smile yeah of course I'm happy yeah I'm genuinely happy for him because I would like to say that I didn't think it was that much of a battle going into this the way that I value Cam compared to a Jarrett Stidham Jarrett's still got time yeah Jarrett you know it would be a it would be a dishonor to Cam and we would know that you can stick a fork in him because he's done if Cam could not beat out Jarrett Stidham. Yeah. That's that's a fact. Cam needs to not only just, he doesn't need to barely win this battle. Yeah. He needs to do exactly what he's doing now and put it to an end and show that he's still got gas in the tank. He can still go back to that same MVP caliber player that I think that he can. Yeah. I'm here for it. Listen, man, I, I'm going I'm to give you your, your props because when, when it came cam. out that there was pro, there was you know conversation about Jarrett Stidham could still start and all that, you immediately said, bullshit, not going to happen, no fucking way. That was pretty much your quote. I mean, right? Yeah. Well, like, not, I mean, not, I mean, on, not on the not, podcast. Not that exactly. But, but I, knew, <laughs> I knew that Cam, I mean, just compare the two of them. When you look oh, of at course. A, when yeah. you look at a physical trait, when you look at an arm, you know, Jarrett Stedham is more your typical what we've seen in the past 20 years Tom Brady-like quarterback when it yeah. comes to being able to play pro style. But this Cam Newton, if he is healthy again, people are forgetting I know that it's it was four years ago that we saw the MVP status. Two years ago, he's still a great quarterback. Yeah. Three years ago, 
elite quarterback top five were two years removed from his greatness and those two years were separated because of injuries and him trying to battle through and hide it because he knows that the NFL's a business and you that that spot yeah. gets John like gone like that you know yeah no absolutely uh no I, I I totally agree I just I wanted to give you a little bit of props for just like completely throwing that uh, you know out of out of the it's, conversation it's a homer take I love cam and I yeah. love him to I don't the think end it's a time. homer take I think you're I think you're being accurate about his talent I mean he's never not been a top 10 fantasy quarterback when he's healthy throughout the season yes he's he's never not been I mean, look, we're talking about a former NFL MVP that has not lost the talent. He's just been hurt. Um, and and then we're talking about a team that is notorious, notorious among any other team in the NFL over the t- past 20 years. The Patriots have, have done more to form their offense around the players they have on, you know, on yes. the field. I mean, more than any other team, you see them completely adjust their offense to the talent they have on the field and, and defense. Every, you know, on if both if sides. a guy has a strength, they will blow it up. Exactly. If a guy has a weakness they will be able to find ways to hide that and cover it up and i mean like we said with tom brady because we got a lot of flack for that and saying because i agree with you i mean i stood i stood by you and saying tom brady's not the same quarterback that he was 10 years ago yeah tom brady is a a great quarterback still in the league for me i know you're you may feel a little different yeah no i mean i'm not gonna argue with that if if there ever was a weakness and i'm not saying you can find all of them on film if there was, Belichick is so good, you're not going to know. Yeah. I promise that's the case. Yeah, he, he hid the weakness as well last year. I mean, he turned his team into a run-first, defensive-heavy team that, that really just didn't take any chances. And then obviously yeah. you have you know, the GOAT at quarterback who, even if his arm isn't all the way there, he's still the smartest quarterback on the field, he's still the smartest guy on the field. He's going to be able to pick you apart from that standpoint and you know be smart with the ball and not lose it, you know, interceptions, all exactly. that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought I'd give you a little bit of props there. Uh, let's move into to injuries, right? So we're going to kind of go down the list, a little bit of rapid fire, just keep you guys up to date with the injuries. Then we're going to do hamstring watch, and we'll, we'll go through that. The biggest one that happened this week, Grant Delpit. That's uh, the Yeah, the Browns safety uh, suffered an Achilles injury. He is done for the year. He was the rookie, I think, second round, second round pick. Yeah, second round pick. Um, yeah unfortunate for him. He is done. Uh, what do you think? I just don't like seeing that. The Browns he always take guys that fall in the draft, like yeah. Greedy Williams a few years ago. Yeah, uh, he he kind of was first round hype, you know, really hyped up, went in the second round. He's he's still on the team doing really well. And Grant Delpit was in that same situation where he was before he played last season. He was a top ten pick. He played last season, didn't really work out as well. Yeah, and he fell to the second, and now he tore his Achilles. Yeah, and it's like damn, it's man. unfortunate. He hope he comes back from it. Exactly. We'll, we'll move on. Lamar Jackson, Marcus Peters, and Justice Hill are all dealing with soft tissue injuries. It's probably. I'm gonna say nothing. Yeah, no, I, I this absolutely is one of those agree. Where they put them down and it just rides it out. One of, of those things worth yeah. mentioning, just because I mean that's the star of their defense, star of their offense, and then you know a depth running back piece. Mm-hmm. So so worth mentioning for the for the Ravens. I don't think that is anything either. Uh, moving on, Mike Williams. Look, so he kind of dodged a bullet, but also he is probably he's still questionable for Week One. Uh, suffered a sprained AC joint. People were worried when when it, he he landed hard in practice, and people were. He, he broke his collarbone uh, right off the bat, did not break his collarbone, so sprained AC joint. It could have been worse, worse is what I'm saying. Yeah. But, man, for a receiver who has struggled with injuries throughout his NFL career, this is just another setback for Mike Williams. And you, you just wonder, I I still believe the talent is there for a breakout season, and I was I was close to giving him a breakout season this year projection-wise. It's it's super unfortunate to see another injury, another step out for back for the uh, the Chargers receiver. Yeah, gotta stay healthy. I saw something today saying that he could miss two to four weeks. Yeah, and that's so that's from right that now. That means KJ Hill stepping up. 
KJ Hill, look, I haven't heard a lot from KJ Hill out of camp. I mean, there's just there's a lot of questions about the depth behind yeah. uh, Keenan Allen, I, and I, I don't know. It could be KJ Hill. We liked him coming out. What's weird is that at um, one point I thought they had too many wide receivers. Yeah, I they know, really right? Did. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I thought it was going to be a great one-two punch this year. Look, we'll see. It's nothing serious. He'll probably miss one or two weeks of the NFL season, most likely. That's yeah. that would be my ex- expectation because we're we're what three weeks away from the start of the season. Exactly. So yeah, one to two weeks makes sense um but yeah uh moving on chase chase young uh has missed time with a hip flexor uh washington says he he they're being overly cautious we'll see what happens there i don't know um but yeah that's definitely something to keep an eye on as well just a just a little note keep in the back of your mind if chase young misses that defensive line takes a huge hit you can't blame him for being overly cautious with the number two pick you want to make sure that that guy's well protected yeah absolutely Uh, david njoku re-injures the same wrist that kept him sidelined last year and that was a that was something that lingered on for 10 games throughout the year. Yeah, miss the rest of the season. That's not what he needs. It hurts yeah. the trade value for the Browns overall because now if you're a team, it's definitely going to lower what you would acquire yeah. for David Njoku. I don't know. I, I've stood by. I don't think the Browns have any interest in trading him. I, I know that was a that was news that we talked about earlier yeah. in the offseason. I've stood by the fact that the Browns are, are going to play a lot of 21 personnel. They are going to utilize both their tight ends, and I think David Njoku was going to be a big part of that. He has been relegated to third on the depth chart. I don't even remember the name of the number two guy off the top of my head, but he was relegated to third on depth chart. This is not a serious injury um, as far, but, I mean, it's just definitely something to, to look at, keep an eye on because it is well, see, a re-injury of the same because thing. because if it's a re-injury. Yeah. yeah, exactly, but it's not as serious as the first, you know, exactly. <laughs> wrist injury, so that's worth mentioning. Yeah, we'll see what happens. David Njoku going down to Busville. I mean, very, very close. For, former first round yeah, pick. Yeah, because he was a first round pick. Yeah, it's it's getting it's getting scary with that first round tight end. First round tight end is very hard to hit on. It seems like OJ OJ Howard was a miss. Uh, you know, David seems Njoku like, seems yeah, like a miss. A miss yeah. yeah, Evan Ingram hit. I feel like, but I mean, even him, he's, he's st- none of uh, he's I been can injured. Say- I can't remember the last one that has actually hit the ceiling yeah. that they are hyped up to be yeah. whenever and, they come out. And, you know, we have two from the 2019 draft with her, with uh, Hawkinson. And, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But, I mean, it's just it's very weird. We, we haven't seen a lot of hits in the tight end department. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, moving on, uh, Jack Doyle, another tight end, uh, misses time with a neck injury, which is so scary with a neck injury. This is the, uh, the Colts starting tight end. Trey Burton is taking first team reps with in his absence. Trey Burton, the, uh, bust, the guy who I was championing that when he went yeah. to the bears, look, I believed in that offense at the time. I was very wrong. I believed in Matt Nagy. That was a huge miss by a lot of people. And I was one of them. Uh, Trey Burton might get a chance to start again in the NFL. We'll see what happens. Is there something to it fantasy-wise for Trey Burton? Man, it, it could be. I'm I th- talking I, late, late. Yeah, I don't think he's draftable. Maybe, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Uh, if you're in a 20-round draft, maybe with the 20th pick, you take a shot on him and he's your first guy that you cut. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's um, one of those things. Wait wait to see him ball out week one, and then it's yeah. like, okay, now I see that he's here. Yeah, yeah, I just, I mean, look, he he did nothing with, uh, with the Bears when he had a lot of opportunity, mm-hmm. so I just don't know what I expect from Trey Burton at this point. And look, he's never really been a star. Like, he's a guy who who flashed in in uh, in Philadelphia a couple years, you know. But his his greatest claim to fame is one throw. Yeah, exactly. Just a very important a Super Bowl end, throw. It's a throw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, and that's that just is what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I don't see a whole lot of fancy value. I thought Jack Doyle was a sneaky pick until he hurt mm-hmm. his neck. So yeah, and the neck is not one of the things you want to bang yeah. up as a tight end. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Swift sidelined with a leg injury. And Detroit fans, you should be very upset. This is probably not going to amount to anything, but with a guy who in college was banged up a lot, and when you look at your other running back, also who banged was up also a lot. banged up a lot, yeah. 
It's not what you want to see. Yeah, I'm nervous about I'm nervous about the Lions' backfield. This, this, I'm staying away from both of them. Yeah, I, I am too. I love carry on. I'm I am too. Away. Look, I, I, we've talked about this. I think we're actually going to talk about this again later on when we yeah. get to word from Cam. But I, I do believe in the talent of carry on Johnson, and I believe in the talent of DeAndre Swift. Um, but I mean, we'll just see what happens, man. I, I don't know. I, I'm staying away from both of them. DeAndre Swift is way is being drafted too high for me anyway. Carry on Johnson is essentially free when you're talking about a running back that could start. Um, if he's healthy, we'll see. Well, when Carrion um, was healthy, it was a great running he's a back. Great, he's a great on, running back. We're on the thir- going on the third season now where he is he's still having injury issues. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Dallas Goddard, day-to-day with a thumb hairline fracture, should be ready week one. Another guy, this is this is your second tight end with Philadelphia. Look, uh, I understand that number two tight end isn't a name that you really worry about too much. Philadelphia Eagles is the exception. They run a lot of two tight end set. They love Dallas Goddard up there. He's really he is, good. He is fantasy relevant, I'm telling you guys, especially in the tight end market. He is absolutely fantasy relevant. Yep. Worth noting, worth knowing that, that he has that injury. Uh, just just a name to know. Miles Sanders, we will stay on the same team. He is week to week with a lower body injury, and that is also one of the fantasy yeah. breakout stars that we're supposed to see for Philadelphia. The, we buried the lead on this one because that's a big, big injury. It's a huge one. We, we don't know exactly what it is. All, all we know is lower body. Man, that could be anything. That could be, I mean, I just don't know. It could be hamstring. It could be It could be something even more serious than that. I'm I'm nervous about Miles Sanders. When I when I saw well, that, that's a guy who was attached to the second round. In most yeah, yeah. Leagues. I mean, for borderline first, second round, absolutely. Um, and he's a guy that like like we're in a keeper league, right? There's not a lot of depth. He's a guy I would have considered with the seventh pick after the top running backs go, well, just because yeah. I need a running back. You know what I mean? Got to have a running um, back. Yeah. So so it's just it's it's so so scary. Uh, I have not adjusted my rankings for this injury, but man, I would consider I would consider putting him down because if he's if he's going to be out you know the first start of the season that's that's enter boston scott enter boston scott who did well last year i know we all shit on boston scott but he did do well last year he ran well uh for a guy who's you know has pretty much no fancy buzz he's worth he's worth knowing especially if you're in a league where you've you already drafted yeah if you've already drafted and you have miles sanders on your team yeah pick up boston scott that's that's a insurance now, piece that you need now because absolutely next thing you know it's going to cost you your entire fab budget or your waiver wire position ain't going to work out and you're going to lose him yeah because right now he's just week to week. We don't know, but shit, if week one starts creeping up and he's still on that injury report, yeah, you're going to start to be get real nervous. <laughs> uh, but we will close it out with Tyrell Williams. Uh, he has a torn labrum for the shoulder. He's going to try and play through it. This is a depth wide receiver piece for the Raiders. I just thought it was worth mentioning because he was in line with that starting lineup, and there's there's a lot of questions for that Raiders wide receiver core. You have Rugs, you have uh, you have Edwards, who I believe is going to start. You have uh, you have the guy at Clemson. I can't Hunter remember. Renfro. Hunter Renfro. Thank Tyrell you. Williams, and then yeah. Tyrell Williams was supposed to be your other speed piece. I've heard so many good things about all of them. Minus Hunter Renfro, I'm not saying I've heard bad about him, but he yeah. just we know we know what his we know exactly what he is. is. Yeah. yeah, but I've heard Rugs in the AB role. I've heard Brian Edwards is stepping up and might surpass and be the number one. Tyrell is carrying off, you know, taking off where he left off last year, but. They do a really good job of hyping them all up and keeping it kind of hush-hush whenever we really know what's happening. Yeah, we'll see. But Tyrell, honestly, I think it just opens up an opportunity, even more opportunity for Ruggs and and, uh, Brandon Edwards, uh, Brian Edwards, I keep doing that, um, who, you know, are the rookie receivers that are going to come in this year. Yeah. Uh, right. We'll move it on to hamstring watch. This yeah. is the injuries here. We'll get we'll get through this one a little quicker, and I'll kind of stop once we hit like big ones. Brandon Ayuk, yeah. he has a little hamstring tweak. T Higgins, hamstring tweak. That mentions AJ Green as well while we're there, and Tyreek Hill. That was a minor tweak, but if you're in the first round of your fantasy league and all the running backs are gone, 
Are you really that confident in Tyreek Hill right now? Tyreek Hill is my number three wide receiver in fantasy, right? Yeah. So, so once you once you have your top two guys, uh, wide Tyreek Hill is somebody you consider as the first or, or probably a second. You're taking Michael Thomas first, but if you're going wide receiver in the first round, Michael Thomas is already gone. Yes, yeah, you're considering really, yeah. Tyreek, right? Exactly. <laughs> Ah, that's scary. <laughs> it's I mean, so it's, scary. It's one of those things that whenever you're a speedster like that. Especially I mean, I know it's guys. I know it's the same thing for all these NFL athletes, but fast guys, he does one nine go route and, oh, and pulls he, it he kind of just held up. You know, yeah. I mean, it, there you, you go. See and that's, you grab that's the back of your leg weeks. and it's over. It's, yeah, it's over. It, it definitely it's it's scary. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, it's worth mentioning. T. Higgins is back at practice. We talked about his hamstring mm-hmm. last week. Uh, that's definitely definitely scary. Uh, but moving on, Daryl Henderson called a mild uh, injury originally. Rams are now saying that he they hope he's ready for Week One. I think that's super interesting. This is like the other big one. Daryl Henderson is considered the starter in in uh, yes. you know in L. A. right now for the Rams. And if he has this hamstring injury, if they're they went from saying, "Oh, it's fine, he'll he'll be okay," now they're saying, "Oh, well, we hope he's ready for Week One." Look, that means he's not getting he's not getting reps. That means Cam Akers, whose talent I one hundred percent believe gets in, gets the chance. He's gonna remain. He's gonna run yes. away with it. Yeah, no, no pun intended. Yeah, this is this could kill Daryl Henderson's chances to start the season. It really could. Very, very interesting. Something to keep a close, close eye on, which we certainly will. Uh, Denzel Mims, New York Jets. He has missed ten days of camp with a hamstring injury, and I haven't heard that it's getting better with him yeah, either. Scary. Jameson Crowder's trending towards being the wide receiver one. Yeah. That is a fantasy name to know around round seven, eight, nine, and ten. Get ready because he's going to have a, a yeah. high target workload. Coaches are Absolutely. speaking highly of him. When it comes to Denzel, though, I'm worried about him too. And he was one of my favorite targets because he had one of the highest contested rate. You know, yeah. catches in in college, and it was just like on the a Jets team really use Yeah, him. on a team that I mean, you you assume he's starting week week one day exactly. One, yeah, um, yeah. But moving on, Curtis Samuel, T. Y. Hilton, K. J. Hamler, all have been sidelined with uh, hamstring injuries to varying degrees. T. Y. Hilton, I think, is back on the field now. That's worth mentioning. Also, if you'd like a T. Y. Hilton jersey, sign up, uh, leave a comment, uh, like, all that good stuff, subscribe, and you will get a uh, T. Y. Hilton jersey in the mail if you win the contest. Yep. Um, yeah, but those are those are the same hamstring. Uh, names to watch. We are going to keep doing that every week. We're going to let you know when they're back in camp. We're going to let you know when they're fine. And we're going to let you know if any other uh, names pop up on this list. This happens so often, uh, especially this year where people, where, where guys probably haven't been able to get out and train uh, the way football players should as much this year. Mm-hmm. I think hamstrings are being a little bit, you know, are happening a little bit more. It's just a very, very dangerous injury that really kills fantasy value sometimes because they're just out. They'll, they'll be back for a couple games and then they're out. You know, just it kills your season. It just yep. does every year. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll move on to word from camp. Damian Harris is emerging as the best back in camp, according to a Patriots beat writer, Jeff Howe. Rushed for 12 yards and four attempts in his rookie year. He was a third round pick, so really wasn't looking that good. And he was kind of injury prone, wasn't he? I mean, he was kind of yeah. He he, strug- he struggled last year. Got uh, buried in the Patriots get on the field by, by committee thing. Yeah, but I mean, year two, he's showing up. He's showing up. This is a guy. I mean, look, we're talking about a third round pick last year. Yeah. Um, not not nothing, especially as a running back. Uh, showing up as the best running back in camp in in you camp <laughs> camp, and you guys know that the Patriots do not care about draft value. They don't care if Sony Michelle is healthy yeah. and ready to go. Doesn't Just matter. because he's a first round pick does not mean he's going to get the touches. Uh, Damian Harris, I've adjusted my rankings. I, I've seen too many reports of positive things from Damian Harris this offseason. Uh, yeah, he's he's my number one running back for the Patriots this year. Granted. 
Patriots running backs are never fun to have because you can never just you can never I mean, assess you can, you their. You can get this guy for free though. Yeah, essentially for free. Yeah. yeah, and and he could have running back three value for sure. Uh, that's de- that's definitely a good name to know. Uh, the Atlantic's Mark Colby reports that James Washington's skill set is invaluable to the Pittsburgh offense. Uh, Washington is going pretty much undrafted in fantasy. Deontay Johnson there is going in the eighth round, and Juju Smith is going in the third round. So if you want a piece of the Washington offense, the cheapest way to get it is James Washington, who's having a really good camp. They're talking about his uh, speed as a game changer. This is a guy who's drafted, I believe, what, in the third round uh, two years ago. Deontay Johnson was a second rounder last year who actually am higher on. I still believe in Deontay Johnson over James Washington, but we'll see, man. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, hype around James Washington right now. I heard a little bit of hype. I'll keep it with Pittsburgh around Chase Claypool. Yo, I yeah, know you were big on him. He's Aaron, getting Eric, a lot of hype as well. well You're Eric Ebron right. went to Twitter and said, like, man, Chase Claypool is something different. Like yeah. his, his, It's the physical ability, and that's what we knew he was going to be. It's going to be hard to find some field time for him, though, behind Juju, Deontay, and James. So. Yeah, we'll see We'll see what happens. That's kind of my big thing on why I'm not super high on Chase Claypool this year. Yeah. Look, I, I guess I was wrong. I, the Pittsburgh Steelers always seem to find these great wide receivers in the mid-rounds. I was not high on Chase Claypool, but if Pittsburgh, I, I trust Pittsburgh's, uh, you know, uh, scouting more than mine. Honestly, when it comes to that kind of thing, I feel like I'm I'm right a lot, but I'm not right all the time. So I, I'm it's looking like I'm gonna be wrong on the Chase Claypool take, and that's okay. Uh, but this year for fantasy, <laughs> that's okay. not super excited. Yeah, that's we'll see. okay. Yeah, Here's you know, one that, that we all know is gonna be a big name whenever it comes to wide receiver game. Yeah. CD Lamb drawing rave reviews. That should surprise nobody. He's gonna line up in the slot. Randall Cobb there got it was over 80, 80 targets. Yeah, eighty three targets last year. Yeah. Yeah, that's that is super exciting. If he's if he's lining up in the slot, this could be a sneaky guy. And look, I understand he's a big name. He's he's you know the third receiver taken in the draft last year. Yeah, uh, he's my number one receiver coming into the class. Uh, this is a dude who a lot of people know, but they also know that the uh, the you know Cowboys depth chart is loaded, and he might not get a lot of playing time. But if he's going to be in the slot. That that speaks to uh, you know uh, what built in I would say a minimum 60, 65 targets that's built in uh, you know I, I really feel confident saying that I mean you can't beat the value there I do think he might be overdrafted because of the name yeah I, because that's possible we, we still have to go off of the fact that Amari is there the number one and Michael Gallup is really doing his job there in Dallas so with the targets. I am more drawn to a Justin Jefferson or Jerry Judy. Yeah. Not saying that CD is not as talented as these receivers. It's a situational decision. Yeah, and look, the, the the real thing is we talk about all the rookie wide receivers. There's so many this year. There's so many to be excited about. It does not happen that often that rookie wide receivers bust out in fantasy. Yeah. You, you get exciting years. You get you get. There's a lot of guys that are coming into year two that had good years last year, but they didn't help you a whole lot with fantasy. They didn't win your league. Win you your league. Terry McLaurin was really the only guy who had legitimate fantasy AJ. value. Yeah. And AJ last year, yeah. And two is a lot more than the average. And you know, so we might have two or three this year. It's not going to be a lot. We'll see what happens. If if I had to put money on it, I would probably say CD and Justin Jefferson would be my pick for the two. If I only had to pick two. Mm-hmm. Two rookie wide receivers that could have some legitimate fantasy value, but we'll see. Like you said, he's buried in that depth chart. He is. Um, Jen, Jim, something. I don't know. I'm not even gonna try. Oswarski. Um, yeah. A, a beat reporter for the Packers is saying uh, that they expect major usage from uh, from AJ Dillon to start the season. Ooh, be scared, Aaron yeah. Jones fantasy holders. Yeah. Uh, we is... saw it last year with Matt LaFleur because I was an Aaron Jones fantasy holder whenever they were running Jamal Williams, I believe. Yeah. It, was, it was a 50-50 share until that week oh. seven where he got knocked out. Way overused Jamal Williams. They did. Way overused Jamal I don't know why Williams. they deny themselves the talent of Aaron Jones because when Aaron Jones was out there, he 
he's able to take the work off of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is no longer the focal point of that offense for the first time in 10 years. Yeah. No, I, look, I absolutely agree. Yeah. I don't understand it. A.J. Dillon looks like a damn boss, though. I've seen he him. He does. He's huge. Hamstrings are, his hamstrings are bigger than our, our arms put yeah. together. I mean, <laughs> gloves look like this mic stand. It's pretty bad. Listen. It's pretty, I saw a picture of both of them side know, by side. I know. And Jordan Love just, you got to hit the room. AJ Dillon, He needs to work on good. his legs. He needs you to work need, on his legs. You can cut legs. half of it off that. and give to Jordan Love. Fine. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, I'm excited. Look, AJ Dillon's a sneaky pick to have late in drafts. They are not going to give the ball to to Aaron Jones like completely. Aaron yeah, Jones is kind of They just don't want to do that. Yeah, it's just not going to happen, I, I don't think. Uh, but moving on to another running back who has some questionable uh, you know, uh, usage in fantasy. Uh, Cam, Coach Ron Rivera says Bryce Love can be in every down back in this league. Look, Ron Rivera is notorious for having a lot of coach speak. This is probably coach speak, but it's worth mentioning. He is taking second team reps uh, behind Adrian Peterson, obviously. Look, there was a lot of buzz about Antonio Gibson, and there wasn't much on this podcast because I think both of us from the beginning said that that uh, Bryce Love was going to be the guy. I'm standing by it, and it's looking like we're we're going to be the ones that are on the right side of history on that one. Yeah. Um, look, Antonio Gibson's going to be a good player. He's going to get his chance. I think Bryce Love is next in line to be that starter. I think he's I think he's the fantasy guy to have for this uh, Washington backfield. I think Bryce Love with a Ron Rivera type thing too. It kind of kind of yeah. smells like a Walmart CMC to me. You know? Honestly, he's, he's yeah, off, he's, a, he's he's off, off brand, brand Christian McCaffrey. Yes, yes and he, he is. is, and he's only off brand just because you don't know his name yet. That's why we say that he yeah. is talented enough to do it. And we know that Adrian Peterson is not going to be a one through three every single down back. He's going to be able to yeah. get some good carries, but Bryce is going to be able to come in. He's going to get the job, and if he's able to make stuff happen with his chance, he hasn't gotten that yet. Yeah, yeah I say run it. Yeah, and look, we're not talking about a guy who's just coming out of nowhere. This is a guy who was a fourth-round pick in the NFL draft in 2019. Would have been, been a second. A- exactly. After tearing his ACL in his last college game. So he didn't get to do any of the offseason stuff. He basically, The team drafted Bryce Love knowing they weren't going to get to use him his first his rookie year. Yeah. Still took him in the fourth round, which might have been high. Well, and as a running, as a running back, that's impressive, too, incredible. because that's a position where if they're injured, it's like, oh, just go get another guy. They're so interchangeable. Incredible. You know? Someone took a shot on him in the fourth round. Yeah. No there's potential there. A lot of potential. Yes. I mean, like you base that, I mean, he has a lot of draft value just based on that alone, in my opinion. He's solid. Uh, yeah. uh, we'll go to a guy that I'm really big on, and you're wearing the right team's jersey yes. with the Falcons. Hayden Hurst is expected to have an every down role, according to Kelsey Conway of Falcons.com. And that is what I was thinking was going to happen. If he is able to step into that role of Austin Hooper, we might truly see the potential of the first-round pick. Yeah, look, so if you look at Austin Hooper last year, he had a pretty awesome season. I think, you know, I don't have it all up for me right now. I, I think he had, like, over 80 targets, 80, 80 receptions, and just under 1,000 yards. He did that in 13 games, right? Austin Hooper was not an every-down tight end because Austin Hooper is not a great blocking tight end. He's fine. He can he can get in the way, but he's not a great blocking tight he's end. He's stretch the field. Exactly. He's Evan Ingram. Hayden Hurst is a much better blocking tight end than, than Austin Hooper will ever be. Uh, Hayden Hurst, so he's going to have that built in. That's part of the every down back. I understand that's yeah. not a huge use for fantasy, but he's also a good pass catching uh, tight end as well. I, I Look, he's my seventh tight end. After Evan Ingram, after the top six, which is, you know, Evan Ingram, the Darren Wallers, and then obviously the top guys, um, Hayden Hurst is that next tier down, and I'm very excited to talk about him on the next episode that we're going to do. And, I mean, look, He's a dude that I think you should really consider late in drafts if you're waiting on tight end. Yeah, for me, if you don't land one of like the big the big five is where I put it. And then after that, the two names that come to mind for me is Hayden Hurst and a Hunter Henry, yeah. who should be revitalized this year for uh, L.A. Yeah. 
Hayden Hurst is good. He's going to get his targets. He's going to be using this offense, and there is a lack of tight end spot there. He's good to go. I mean, yeah. Mark Andrews washed him out of Baltimore, and that's sad to say. Very talented coming out of South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, I absolutely agree. Let's move on, and this is a little bit of a pat in the back for me. I probably wouldn't put this in if it, if it wasn't yeah. a guy that I, I have championed, right? And, and we'll actually talk about it later on as well. J.J. Taylor. This is I, – I did a, a, fan, a draft profile on, on this guy, uh, running back out of Arizona State. Uh, he was compared to Deion Lewis in camp. He is having an awesome camp with the Patriots. He was an undrafted free agent, which is criminal. He should not have been undrafted. But he's 5'5", and, you know, that kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a small guy. He's a sneaky guy. But I will give it to you. This is a guy that you said a long time ago whenever – because you do your rankings. You do them on your own, your own computer with your own system, your own formula – and J.J. Taylor spit out a really good score to you, and it was like, hey, man, there might be something here. And he went undrafted. Sadly, like you said, he, he shouldn't have gone undrafted at yeah. all. But he landed in a good spot, and he landed in a spot that he uses the running backs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's utilized. good. Yeah, I'm excited. I think J.J. Taylor, look, if you're in a 25-round you know, draft, you might consider J.J. Taylor late. That's that's about where his fantasy value is right Don't now. Don't be surprised if you see him pop but off one week, though. Exactly. I'm telling you guys, look, this could be – I'm not saying it's going to be. I'm just saying there is a small possibility that this could be like a, a Philip Lindsay type of thing where all of a sudden he he shows up, you know, week week two, week yeah. three, whatever it is, and, and kind of gets a chance because the Patriots, again, are the type of team. They'll, they'll run whoever. You know who they don't he care. reminds me of? And it's a, it's a guy who burst onto the scene in kind of the same format, Tariq Cohen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he t- could absolutely Tariq, be that Tariq type Cohen, of guy. He exploded. I, I think it was two years ago, maybe three now. Yeah. Uh, he exploded under the scene. He was everyone's top waiver acquire that you wanted. Yeah. JJ Taylor could do that one of these weeks. You never yeah. know. And we'll see what happens. Look, it's it's just a name to keep in the back of your mind. Um, if he does, if he does blow up, we will probably clip this out and and uh, give ourselves a little bit of props here. Famous. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to the Colts. Michael Pittman Jr. He is expected to have an early season role, and it's one of those guys that. When we talk about how deep this rookie wide receiver class is, he is not getting mentioned. There's a few other names to go alongside of him. But if he's able to become that number two, but even number three with Phillip Rivers, there's points to be had there. Listen, this is another guy in a loaded wide receiver class that got swept under the rug. Michael Pittman Jr., he was a top 10 wide receiver for me. He was a top 10 wide receiver drafted. I believe he was he was the second wide receiver. Yeah, he went right after T. Higgins. It was T. Higgins at 33 and then Michael Pittman at 34. The Colts drafted him ahead of uh, ahead of Jonathan Taylor, yeah. um, so this is a guy that they like. This is a guy who's exploding on the scene. And He's camp. been getting great reviews. He too. is a name to know. Yes. He is absolutely a name to know. And on a team, look, we you know we talked about the Chargers a little while ago uh, with who's going to step up. Uh, you could say similar things about the Colts. Like there's a, there's an opportunity for somebody to step up and get a prominent role at, behind T. Y. Hilton. I mean, it's T.Y. Hilton and then everybody else, right? It's T.Y. Hilton when T.Y. Hilton's healthy. Exactly. That's another thing to look at where Michael exactly. Pittman could step up and fill in these roles. Yeah. And yeah. look, listen, I love Paris Campbell, their second-round pick from two years ago. I thought he was actually my number two wide receiver that year. Uh, so I do think he's also named Nigo for the Colts. But, look, you can start. You have three wide receivers to know on the Colts. I, I, I do believe mm-hmm. that. And Michael Pittman, sneaky pick, another, another name to know. Uh, Justin Jefferson. There are conflicting reports. Like we talked about Justin yeah, Jefferson last week. We got to bring this up, and yeah. there's just it's just a weird one, right? Uh, one report saying he is firmly the third round or the third receiver on the depth chart, and then there's another report that came out that he has distanced himself uh, from the rest of the Vikings wide receivers. You know, obviously besides uh, Adam Thielen. 
I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I I I think he's number two receiver. I think he will end up being look. Even if the depth chart week one says BC whatever, yeah, uh, BC what, Johnson, BC Johnson. I mean, that's a name that that's a name that I'd even think it would be just because yeah. he has the continuity of being in the organization and stuff. But yeah, just it's Justin Jefferson. Exactly. Gotta be. Like I said, even even if BC Johnson is the number two on the depth chart, I, yeah. I think targets and everything else that goes along with it in game will will prove that Justin Jefferson is the true number two receiver on that team. Exactly. And, Look, we're both championing him. I, I don't think there's much more to say other than the fact that we both think he's going to be a star. We both think he's going to be fantasy relevant this year. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to get him yeah. tonight Absolutely. in our draft. We'll Maybe. See. You might. Maybe you're going to take it. Nick Wagoner believes that Kendrick Bourne has been the most consistent receiver at the 49ers camp. It could be a name to know whenever the 49ers wide receiver depth is definitely going to be tested this year. They brought in all those veterans, we know. But we have Brandon Ayuk, who's kind of tweaked the hamstring. Debo's coming off of that foot injury. And Jalen Hurd is out-out. So. Yeah, I mean, look, there's, I mean, he could be the, he could be the number one wide receiver week one. Ooh, he could. He could. Brandon Ayuk might not play week one. Well, and, and, uh, and in that offense. Debo Samuels might not yeah, play week one. Got to get him. Kendrick Bourne, look, he he showed up a little bit last year. He, again, uh, just another deep guy, a name to know. I, not somebody I'm championing by any means. Yeah. Um, but man, yeah, with the 49ers injury history, history with the with the wide receiver position. Don't be surprised week one if he pops off with like seven or eight targets or something yeah. like that. I mean, he's that's, a, that's very likely. He's a sneaky DFS pick. Yeah, if you play mm-hmm. da- daily fantasy, if that's some something you're into, he is a sneaky DFS pick week one. Uh, but moving on, Josh Allen is reportedly struggling in camp. This is it. unfortunate. Let me hear um, it. Staring down receivers, holding on to the ball too long. Uh, there was a whole report came out that came out from the uh, beat writer. There's not a lot of excitement coming out of the Josh Allen camp at, out of Buffalo. And I think this is scary, man. It, it Let is. Let me hear it. I'm not going to give you shit because I was a Josh Allen fan too. I mean, I think yeah, we're both I mean, on it. I, well, why would you want to not I, be behind the hype and the ceiling that this guy yeah. has? It's just sad to say we are going on to the third year now where this is supposed to be. Last year was a good year. I would say it was it was it, a step it, up from It was a good year, but if you if you dive deep into the stats, and really once I did this, I did kind of take a step back from the stands yeah. that like I still believe in Josh Allen, but I'm a little scared of, because you, you looked at the stats, there were very serious, uh, you know, inconsistency issues. There was. There were very serious, but whenever, you know, whenever the lights were bright, and he, he did. Showed up. He did bring his game. He showed up, and we saw glimpses of what he like. Has that, that's so a true, much talent. That's, the glimpses so that we saw is Pro Bowl level. Yeah, you don't want to hear this because these are still the same mechanical type of errors that you want the quarterbacks who have the physical gifts yeah. to get. And by their third year, they should have it. And by the end of the third year, I think we'll know whether Josh Allen has it or doesn't. Yeah, I think we will. And like this, this actually reminds me of another report. And I don't even know if we talked about it in this camp, but yeah. I remember seeing it. Uh, it was a report out of Buffalo that said that the head coach could outlast the quarterback, right? Yeah. Uh, and basically saying that that the Bills are not so much tied to their quarterback coach combo, and they like their coaching staff. They like what they're doing. If if Josh Allen's not the guy, they might move on from him next year. If he isn't, look, well, I, because I mean, we're in a day and age where whenever your qu- it comes to your quarterback getting paid, they re up. You know, yeah. they, they reset the market value, and Josh Allen is not at that level. Not at all. He's not. Not at all. You could pay him around a top fifteen quarterback, and I know I was high on Josh Allen last week, and I still am high because I see the potential and what he can do. Yeah. And it's just it's sad to me because I don't think he's had the right weapons around him. This I mean, is his let's year. let's go into last year with John Brown. I don't want to sit here and listen to anyone say that John Brown's a top 15 receiver in the league. Not, not John even Brown close. put up good numbers because yeah. of Josh Allen being around him and stuff. John Brown's not 
not shit. But yeah. now with Stefan, now with Devin Singletary, now with a built up O line, we get to really see what he's about. We're gonna no more excuses. Yeah. Yeah. Look, this is his year. Look, this is just this is a report out of camp from one guy. Oh, this could yeah. be this could you, every every guy, everybody who's played sports has had a bad practice. We've all we've all been there. This could just be a bad practice. This could be absolutely nothing. We could still be right and Josh Allen could still be really good this year. Uh, look, the the Oh, I'm not depth, sold on him. I'm still here for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're we're not we're not selling Josh Allen by any means, but it's worth mentioning, you know, we we kind of have to put the good with the bad a little bit and sometimes a guy that we've championed on this podcast, I feel like we had hey. to kind of take a step back and be like, "Hey, yeah. it's not all good out there with the right Buffalo. when you're standing up it yeah. comes and takes your feet Exactly. Out, so. But like we said, look, he has no excuses this year. We'll see. The one thing to think about is if he does, if he has maybe the same year he had this past year, right, where there's yeah. good and bad, and we just don't know, and we Playoff want another team. year, whatever. If that happens this year, we're going to be in the situation where do you do you give him that fifth year? Uh, you know, do you give him the fifth year contract? Right, the, I would the do fifth it. year thing. Yeah. yeah, we don't know. It could be it could be one of those situations where uh, the Titans, what the Titans did with uh, Mariota, where they didn't give him the the fifth year option, and they said, "Hey, prove it in year four, and if you if you prove it, we'll we'll see what happens." He didn't prove, and, and obviously they moved on. But we'll see what happens with Josh Allen. Uh, moving on to another quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger is short-arming throws in practice. This is more bad news uh, for a quarterback compared to Philip Rivers in the release. And this is just, again, another beat writer that was talking about the throw. We don't know how accurate this is. Yeah. But, I mean, look, if Ben Roethlisberger, who has never thrown like Philip Rivers in his entire career, is starting to do this number, like just he just pushes the ball instead of actually throwing it, God, that's scary. Well, that's that's not what you need because the thing with being compared to Philip Rivers is Philip Rivers has always done that. Yeah. He's always had his own unique mechanic. He's had a on weird pushing, mechanic his entire career. Yeah. Big Ben with that injury is known to just derail quarterbacks, and none of them are even near this age where Big yeah. Ben's at. I, I think that Pittsburgh is going to be a really good team this year. I am high on them, but this is definitely not something that you want to hear because Mike Tomlin is an amazing coach. What he was able to do last year speaks volumes for his ability. Yeah. If you get Big Ben back, if you get a healthy Big Ben back, Oh gosh! I mean, I, I honestly, I'm high on Juju now. Yeah, I've been thinking about it the past week. I'm, I have no problem taking Juju tonight in one of our and like in the third. He's going yeah, in the third, third right round. Now. You like him in the third? I, I am, I am totally okay with the third round right now. Yeah, because I believe in Big Ben, and I have a problem with doing that and just putting off injuries. You know, be like, oh, yeah. he's, he's good. You know, he's good to go because this guy is one of the greats. I mean, he's a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. And I hope that he's good to go, but that's not what you want to hear. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned the injury. This is an injury. He had a he had the elbow injury, and yeah. it didn't look like anything. And obviously, it was a, a bigger thing. It's that tendon in the elbow that is so so important for you know throwing the football. It has ruined the careers of former baseball players. It has ruined the careers of NFL players. Granted. That's his, you know. That's a long time ago. There's a lot of names that we can bring up from the '70s and '80s that it's ruined yeah. careers for. Not so much, you know, in recent history. We've there's also been a lot of stories of guys coming back from this. It's just something to know that this this injury could be a career ender, and we'll find out. Look, there. This is one report. I haven't seen anything other than this one report out about Ben Ben Big Ben, but also. If things aren't looking good, teams aren't just going to volunteer that information. Like they, there's definitely a chance that the guys in, in uh, Pittsburgh are a little nervous about Big Ben, and we'll see what happens. Uh, we're not going to know until week one how legitimate this quote is, but it's definitely something to keep an eye yeah. on. Yeah, uh, we'll move on to Sam Darnold's new favorite target is what's coming out of camp. Chris Herndon, you were really big on him last year I was. as a breakout candidate. I was. Suspensions, injuries kind of didn't really pan out, but Ruins, that is one yeah. of those names we were talking about, tight ends, that he goes right alongside there. In an offense that doesn't really have someone emerging yet, 
Yeah. This could be the guy. Yeah. I actually really, look, I loved him last year. I, I, yeah. I was, he was like, he was the guy I was looking for in every single draft last year. And then the suspension hits, he's out four games. I'm like, okay, well then I guess I'll just, I guess I'll just take him, you know, later on. And then injury hits and it's just, you know, derailed his entire season. So look, this could be, this could be the post hype uh, bounce back kind of, kind of mm-hmm. thing for, for uh, Chris Herndon. Cause I know there was a lot of hype around him. I wasn't the only one that was excited about him, uh, but we'll, we'll actually move on. That is the end of our word from camp. We yeah. loaded word from camp uh, section. I, I hope like you guys it, enjoyed though, it. Because you get to hear what guys who focus on this, they specialize on that team. You get exactly. to see their opinions. They're the ones who know the most it's about It's so team. much fun, right? Yeah. Like, I really, I feel like we get a, a deeper dive into the football. We have so much more, you know, insight on a lot of guys around the league. A lot of fun. So we're going to move on to fantasy football profile of the week? week. Tyler Lockett Tyler is my Lockett. dude. All right, so Tyler Lockett, what if I told you you could have a receiver that was wide receiver 13 last year on a run-first football team? What if I told you you could have a receiver that that has produced year after year since he's uh, getting gotten that starting job at a in a big big way, and he's a deep threat on the best deep ball passer uh, for the deep ball passing quarterback in the league. I, I worded that terribly. He is a deep threat for the best deep ball passing quarterback in the NFL and Russell yeah. Wilson. Look, I said wide receiver 13 last year. I'm talking about 82 receptions, uh, 1,057 yards, and eight touchdowns last year. He produced 23% of the uh, of the total market share of receptions, 24% of the total market share of receiving yards, and 25% of the total market share of receiving touchdowns last, se- te- last year for his team. All right? I am projecting him to have about the same amount of projection as last year. I'm not saying it's going to go crazy. I gave him a little bit of a bump up because I believe that the Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are going to throw the ball more this year. But the thing that is ridiculous, like I have him as my wide receiver 10. If you don't want to put him inside your top 10, that's fine. But it's not crazy. I have him three more spots than he was last year. Oh, and he missed two games last year. Um, he didn't miss two games. He he had a serious injury where he only he he was active but he only had one target between a two-game stretch. So he essentially missed two games. Um, so it's one of those things where it's very interesting to, to, like, if you really dive into it, he basically missed two games without getting considered missing two games. The thing that kills me is he is being drafted as the wide receiver 21 in fantasy this year behind DK Metcalf. And DK Metcalf's awesome. DK Metcalf is the wide receiver two on this team. Russell Wilson has trusted Tyler Lockett for five years now. Russell Wilson has only thrown to DK Metcalf for one year. Russell Wilson has the trust tree, and Tyler Lockett is firmly ingrained in that. I'm not saying DK Metcalf's going to have a bad year. This is not anti-DK Metcalf in any way. But the first receiver taken from the Seattle Seahawks should be Tyler Lockett. He is, I would say, a lock for 1,000 yards. He's a lock for seven or eight touchdowns. He's a lock for 75-plus receptions. I have him at 90, but I mean, that's just me. I'm a little, might be a little bit higher on him, but the absolute floor, he's wide receiver 16, wide receiver 17. He's being drafted wide receiver 21. This just speaks to the depth in the fantasy football draft this year where you can find guys like a Tyler Lockett that maybe aren't the exciting pick because he's been, he's a name that's been around for a while, but this is a dude who's going to produce. And, I mean, do you have any thoughts? Do you disagree anywhere? No, I mean, I, I think you killed it. I think you believe Russell Wilson is a top-five quarterback, right? I, yeah, you, I Most do. of you believe Russell Wilson is a top-five quarterback, right? So why are you not going to go get his most trusted partner, partner in crime, the guy who has the deep ball connection, guy who has a fully developed route tree who can situationally run anything? 
I'm going to shit on DK just a tad here <laughs> and say that there are times where DK is limited in a spot to where there are some routes that he can't do and he can't perfect like a Tyler Lockett. Hopefully that'll all be settled by the end of this year and he gets he gets more accustomed yeah. to the league and stuff, which it will. DK's a great receiver. Tyler Lockett should go before him. Yeah. Tyler Lockett has the weapons, like you said, a lock for 1,000 yards. If Russ throws for 4,000, how do you not expect yeah. his number one guy to not get 1,000? Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, and, and look, I just want to put in my projections. I'm projecting 90 receptions for hundred and or 1,061 uh, yards and 8.75 touchdowns. That is almost exactly the, the same stats that he had last year. So that puts him as wide receiver 10 this year. So, like, I mean, at least in my projections. So, well, it's good I numbers mean, for a guy who goes, yeah. I think, in the fifth or sixth round. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous about how low he's going, how disrespected he's being. Yeah. You All ready right. for mine? I'll let you. Let's Any hear Any Rick and Morty fans out there? I'll do it. I'll go, scary Terry, bitch. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Terry McLaurin for the Washington Washingtons is what we'll say. I think he is a stud of a receiver. He was PFF's number one rated rookie wide receiver. He was only .2 points behind, I believe, Josh Jacobs last year as the overall rookie value player. And he put up 900 yards, 58 receptions, seven touchdowns. Keep in mind, on a ass team, completely horrible team in 14 games. This guy has the potential to blow past 1,000 yards, in my opinion. I think he has a chance to do a cl- get close to 1,200. I've heard a lot of good buzz around Dwayne Haskins, cutting his yeah. body fat percentage. He's maybe has his head on right. And if they can start to develop that relationship that you want, quarterback to receiver, we saw what he did last year on a horrible team. Yeah. In 14 games off of 58 receptions. Give him 80, 80 receptions. How many more yards is he getting off of that? That's 250. Easy, you'd yeah. think, right? Yeah, easily. Touchdowns might stay around the same. I, I, I fear because it's a bad team, but we saw what he did on a worse team, and I do think they're they're going to be better, right? I mean, you would, you would think. I yeah. wouldn't say better. I mean, the, they're, they're not going to be much worse. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the way that we're worded. Yeah. When you're already dog shit. <laughs> You know, you can't digress. You know? Listen, I, I said I said at the beginning of this pod that I, I think Washington has a chance to at least be. They do. It's they they have pieces is what them, I'm saying. Them and Jacksonville are the two for the uh, the number one pick, I would say. Yeah. But they do have weapons, and Scary Terry is one of your weapons. His ADP puts him in the middle of the fourth round. He goes above Stephon Diggs. He goes right behind an Odell. You know, he's getting he's getting brought up with some of the big boys out there, but I'm here to tell you that you shouldn't be scared in taking him. Not you shouldn't be scared of him being your wide receiver, too. You would be more than happy Not with his all. production and his numbers. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. All right, uh, let's move on to our final segment. I know this seems a little bit short, but we're already at an hour, so, I mean, I guess it's not that short. Uh, we are doing our top five deep sleeper fantasy picks. Add, Huge. like, six more deeps. on. Like, these are deeps to where we are in a 20-round tw- keeper league. To where yeah. these are some of the guys that we will be looking from 15 to 20. Yeah, we, we basically said, hey, we're not going to put anybody on here that you would draft in a regular redraft league, right? That was kind of our that was our, our limit, right? Yeah. And top five, look, it's really hard to rank these. For me, it just I picked five. I'm not going to lie. It, these are pretty much guys, including honorable mentions for me, that I just want my name attached to. That, yeah. That it's like... I, I really think they're good. I think that they may have some piece of value to their team. Yeah. All right, let's go back and forth. I, I'm going to start with— How many with, honorable mentions do you have? I I'm, I have three, but I'm going to talk about two of them at the same time. That's fine. I have three. So okay, I so I'll let you go sure. first. Yeah. You go first. All righty. I will start it off. Jalen Hurts. I know this is a guy that you don't like necessarily— Not that you don't like necessarily, that it was kind of confusing as to why he went number in, in the second round. Yeah. But Carson Wentz is injury-prone. I mean, we have to at least acknowledge that. Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. But I do think with a coach like Philly has, they're going to find a way to utilize Jalen Hurts. They always find ways to utilize the the like Swiss Army knives of the league. He could become their Taysom Hill, if you will. Yeah. 
And also, if Carson Wentz goes down, which has happened in the past three years, Jalen Hurts gets to step up. Jalen Hurts does have some weapons around him. The O-line is beat up, so I can't really paint you that good of a picture as I wished I could have when Brandon Bo- Brandon Brooks was still healthy. But here we are. I mean, uh, yeah. Look, I, I mean, they're replacing Brandon Brooks with uh, with their with Jason Peters. With Jason Peters. Jason That's Peterson, not a bad pick. And they have um, Lane Johnson. Yeah, I mean, their their offense line isn't yeah. bad at all. I mean, it's, Zach it's Ertz, top half Dallas in the Goddard, NFL. You have Jalen Rieger, who might be able to become yeah. that. Uh, look, so I mean, I assume this is kind of like a super flex type of thing, right? If you're if you're in a super yeah. flex redraft league, maybe take them with your last well, pick. And, and, and I look and at it somebody. from a, I look at it from a keeper standpoint in our league because we get to use keepers. And if you're able yeah. to get Jalen Hurts super 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 late, you take nineteen twenty. Yeah, and he shows up as Taysom yeah. Hill's guy, you know, and something's wrong with Carson. Some you never value know. there, yeah, exactly. Some serious value. Okay, fair enough. Um, my number, my one of my honorable mentions, Devin Duvernay. Yeah, I uh, look. We I've talked about him a lot on this pod. I, I my name is firmly attached to Devin Duvernay. I know that uh, Devin Duvernay, wide receiver for the Ravens, I believe has a very good chance to take over the slot receiver role that uh, that uh, Willie, Snead. Willie Snead. Thank yeah. you so much. He has a chance to take over the wide receiver role that Willie Snead had last year, and Willie Snead had like six. 60 or 70 targets last year. Devin Duvernay could fall into that category. He is a deep sleeper on a team that has a lot of targets and you don't know how much uh, how he has a lot of mouths to feed. I understand that. I believe in the talent of Devin Duvernay and I believe that he has a small chance to break out this year and be a lot more valuable than maybe anybody's thinking about right now, especially in a keeper league where you could you could see a year of, of uh, positive upside and then get to keep him for next year when he actually has some serious value. And, and once Willie Sneed exits the, because you know, he's yeah. kind of getting older and once, I don't know what his contract is, but once that's yeah. expired, I'm sure w- the team will Willie Sneed was uh, statistically one of the, I believe in the bottom five of efficient wide receivers last year. Willie Sneed wasn't good last year. Uh, yeah, based on like uh, based on advanced stats and whatever. I don't have all that of is, them. That is a head. team that is loaded now with Hollywood, with Willie Sneed will still say, Devin Duvernay, Miles Boykin, and yeah. my guy that they got in the sixth round, James Prochet, too, is another guy that I'm really big on. Not on yeah. my honorable mention necessarily. I think that's going to take him more time. Devin Duvernay's good, though. Yeah, that's solid. Absolutely. I'll keep it in the wide receiver realm. Colin Johnson. He came out of Texas. He Another fell. Texas guy. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I loved Colin Johnson, man. The stuff that I saw whenever we were watching Senior Bowl highlights, he made two cornerbacks look silly. Yeah. And he is six foot five, two hundred something pounds, and he is shifty enough to put them on their butts. He, he's good. He's tall. He's lanky. He can go up and get the ball, but he can also run those precise routes, and he, he's shifty enough to do it. He went, I believe it was the fifth, fifth or sixth round to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. It's a position where they do have a lot of young names. DJ Shark, LaVisca Chanel. We're going to see where all of those guys plug in. And then you still uh, have Keelan like a Keelan Cole, Cole yeah. uh, uh, Marquis Lee, so I believe. So it could be one of those or things no, where we don't know what's going to happen with him yet. But I know the talent is there. And I know that if he's able to get that chance. Yeah. Six foot five, two hundred speaks for itself. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So my last honorable mention. There, there are two, but I'm going to bring them up at the same time. These are two undrafted rookie running backs that I had in my top five of uh, running backs uh, going into the draft. J.J. Taylor, who we talked about earlier on this pod, he is having a great camp uh, and is looking to not only make the team, but maybe have an impact the way that Deion Lewis had uh, his first couple years with the the, uh, Patriots. The other one is Jermichael Hastings. 
uh, the, or Hasties. Sorry, I, I miss I mispronounced his last name. But Jamichael, who was a Baylor running back, who was kind of in a in a uh, timeshare in, in Baylor, he was the guy I was actually really high on. I think he was my eighth running back uh, on the depth chart. I actually really really liked. Yeah, goes undrafted, goes to the 49ers, and when I tell you his skill set fits the 49ers uh, mold of running back perfectly. Fits it perfectly, mm-hmm. uh, and he's having. He's also getting grave reviews for the 49ers. Look, these are two names. They are super low in the depth chart. These are guys that I took in a dynasty league, a Devi league, but essentially a dynasty league, and I believe the 23rd and 24th round, right? So, so not guys that you're looking at by any means in a redraft or even probably a keeper league. But they are definitely names to know, names that I believe had have a chance for serious upside in the next couple of years, especially especially Jermichael Hastings, who is an who is a running back on the best running team in the NFL right now, a running team that pretty much divides their their uh, running backs pretty evenly. Like if, if there's a couple of injuries, it would not surprise me a bit if Hastings uh, came in and, and was actually able to produce a little bit. Wow, I'm going to tone it down on my last honorable mention because that's hard to follow because you have guys who, mine is John Franklin III, and this is a guy some of you may not know. He may not make the roster for Tampa Bay, but there have been good reports coming out and saying that there is a chance that he, Bruce Arians has said, that they will run him in a few plays and a few packages at quarterback. John Franklin III is the guy who was at last chance used first season. He was pretty yeah. popular with that. He ended up going to Auburn. Things didn't really work out the way that you would want it to. Yeah. Found his way on the Bears, swapped over to defense. This guy's been a journeyman in the league. But the thing that always keeps you coming back to him is his blazing speed. He runs a 4-3 flat. He God. played quarterback throughout high school and college. I mean, he came to Auburn as a quarterback. I was really hyped about him. I yeah. thought it was going to be the next Nick Marshall type thing. And Bruce Arians knows how to use weapons. We, we get that. He has Tom Brady, who doesn't really bring that athletic fold to your offense, especially at your quarterback position. Oh, yeah, no, he's not yeah, the athlete. Exactly. So I, I don't think I should get any flack in saying no. that one. Um, you never know. I'm, I'm saying this is one of the deep, deep, deep things that I just want my name to be around because John Franklin has never had a chance to explode, but there is a chance that he might be able to do something. Yeah. I love it. All right, I'm going to go into my number five. Uh, we actually talked about him earlier on this podcast. Yeah. Chris Herndon, uh, tight end for the Jets. This is a guy who is going pretty much undrafted in a lot of leagues. Uh, this is a tight end who I, I believe could be a starter from day one. Just look, there's a lot of tight ends out there. And I have another one on this list that I'm going to talk about. There are a lot of tight ends that have some, some fantasy value. There really are. Uh, and, and look, after you get out of the top six, I would say, I think there's a real tear jump from the top six. It's really just a crapshoot on who you think is going to perform, who who has a good chance. But there's a lot of guys that I'm looking at late that I would consider having serious tight end fancy value. Uh, Chris Herndon's one of them. Uh, I, I really believe in him. There's a ton of good tight ends. Like yeah. I said, if you don't get to dip into that top five elite ones, yeah, I mean you're, you're you'll be okay. You know, just just pick the right one. Maybe get two of them just so you can situationally play them based on certain yeah. weeks. But it, it's good. I'll go into my number five, and it's back to the 49ers running back by committee approach in Jarek McKinnon. Two years ago, the, the yeah. hype was through the roof. I mean, I believe you took him at the end, the start of the third round. I took him, like yeah. I, I, I was I was the first pick in our startup keeper league, yeah. right? I had the first, I went, I went uh, Todd Gurley, 
uh, Tyreek Hill, and then I took I took Jarek McKinnon. Hit on the first two. <laughs> yeah, uh, but and, and it worked out great for you. I mean, Jarek McKinnon has stepped up, and there's, he's getting first-team reps. We weren't sure where the roster was going to shake up with him, having dead cap around him, and maybe he gets cut, maybe he doesn't. Yeah, He's there to stay, and I think it's one of those guys that you can get super late, and you'll be protected in doing so. Yeah, I, and, and the thing with the dead cap is they're already paying him. They have to pay him $2 million no matter what. Why not keep him on the roster? It's not like he's hurting anything. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're going to keep him. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. I think they are going to use him as the pass-catching back. Um, that's what the 49ers do, man. I mean, take a shot on 49ers late. Don't take Raheem Mostert in the fourth oh, or fifth round. Oh, don't take Raheem Mostert in the fourth or fifth. And look, you can do it if you want. You're going to be sorely disappointed when week three or four comes around and and Tevin Coleman busts off 150 yards. Look, the 49ers... Yeah, Mostert will get you points. Oh, absolutely. But compared to the other guys that go in those rounds... It's just going to be... It, oh, you just you don't know what's going to happen week to week. I, I, yeah, week to week, it's just going to be so scary. Take shots on, on 49 running, 49ers running backs late. Hope they start to break out and hope they have a Raheem Mostert second half of the season type of thing. Look, I had Raheem Mostert in almost every league last year at yeah. the end because I knew that I wanted pretty much every 49ers running back, and I'll take my chances with it. Some people don't want to play that game. I absolutely will because there is absolutely value, but you have to get them late or undrafted, and that's a Jared McKinnon. Shoot, 10 shots, something's going to hit. Something's going to hit. Yep. I mean, yeah. Uh, I'll move on. Another tight end, Mike Gusecki, Dolphins tight end, uh, came on He's onto the boy, scene late. Oh, yeah, I'm very excited yeah. about him. He was my number one tight end when they drafted him, uh, you know, that year. And, you know, he was drafted ahead of uh, the Hayden Hurst and, you know, Mark Andrews that same draft. Out of Penn State. He Out of Penn State. He's just, he was just a physical freak. That That's kind of what he was. He's yeah. lining up in the slot a lot of times. This is a tight end. He could have the Mark Andrews breakout. He could have – I'm – I'm gonna get flack for saying this. He has the potential to have the the uh, Jer- the Kittle breakout. Where I'm saying he just absolutely becomes a essential part of the offense for uh, for the Dolphins this year. I could see that. It makes sense when you have the same ties to the Patriots that utilize the tight end very well. It would not shock me. You're not gonna get shit on from me. Coming out of Penn State, I loved Gusecki. He was yeah. he's so talented. He is the physical type of mold that you want for a tight end that can just break the game open like you said with Kittle you know it's bold in saying that but there are flashes of it when it comes to body structure when it comes to him lining up at the slot his blocking ability is there he really has it and I think it just takes the targets I mean it's it's one of my downfalls in fantasy become coming to attach the tight ends as they they you know are immediately drafted because it does take time for them to to grow into that role and around the third or fourth years where they start to hit their stride and Gusecki's in the third year yeah absolutely fourth Chase Claypool. It was one of those guys that I wasn't too certain on. I wasn't too big on. Hybrid tight end, slot wide receiver. I don't know what he's going to do. Regardless, he has talent. He has physical ability. And Mike Tomlin's smart enough to know he's got to get his playmakers the ball. At the worst, this guy's going to be kick returning for you, and that's a stud doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Chase Claypool, man, a uh, guy who, I mean, we talked about it again earlier yeah. on the spot. I was not super we, high we on. We shit on him. We shit uh, on him. Yeah, well, I mean, we I think I did. I don't think you, I mean, I I feel like you kind of pushed back a little bit, didn't I you? It, well, I played it safe. I, yeah. I, there's a lot of physical talent there. Yeah, there absolutely is. I, I very much question his ability to uh, to separate in the NFL, but he's yeah. having rave reviews in camp. We'll see what happens. Definitely a, a name to watch and definitely a, a very good sleeper pick. Uh, my number three, John Ross. 
I know I'm going to get shit for this. Wow. I know you don't like this one. John Ross. Yeah, John Ross. All right. So, look, this is the the former first round pick for the Bengals. uh, Speedster. (laughs) Former bust for the Bengals. Absolutely agree. Speedster. Look, if you go back to last year, the first four games before he got hurt, he was averaging six targets, six or seven targets, 120 yards, and I believe he had four touchdowns uh, in that that time frame. We're going to see the John Ross. He had an awesome, awesome start. to the season, and then he gets hurt, and it, and it, it backfires. Look, I understand he's down on the depth chart, but if you look at what the what the Bengals are doing right now, another actually name is, is Auden Tate, who's having a great camp as well, yes. uh, former Florida Stater, by the way. Uh, but look, T. Higgins just came back from a hamstring injury. We don't know how that's going to go. A.J. Green, he hurt everything every single day. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> and you have a guy who, look, every team in the NFL is looking for speed. Unless they have him, they're looking for him. John Ross's speed. Uh, I love Joe Burrow's deep ball in college. I think he could he could bring that to the NFL as well. I'm just saying, deep keeper keeper has some some uh, breakout potential. Well, it's a name that gets forgotten. Forgotten too. Absolutely. On a de- now, the the problem that I have is nothing to do with the speed. Nothing to do with the numbers. Yeah, the depth chart is the it's issue. the depth chart. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, but. Speed kills. Yeah, speed plays. Right, right and now. health plays. And yeah. he's healthy. Absolutely. Because look, he could be he could be number four or five on the depth chart. Yeah. You have Auden Tate who's gonna make the team uh, big body, slow receiver though. Uh, you have you have the uh, yeah, uh, I mean it's it's AJ Green, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is the other name I was gonna look at. Taylor Boyd's gonna be a starter. We don't know where he's gonna fit in, but it's definitely a name to know. My number three, and here it comes. You're gonna I already know you're gonna fucking smile. It is my attachment to tight ends coming out in round it. one. Cole Komet. For the Chicago Bears, do not like where he landed. I don't. I'll say it. I, I, I don't think it could have been a better spot. I mean, he could have been in thirty-one other better spots, in my opinion. Really? Um, yeah. Okay. There's like eleven tight ends on that roster. Yeah, look. And Trebumsky's throwing him the ball. <laughs> I'll let you go first. It, it's bad. I, I'm not big on the Bears system. I'm not big on a Matt Nagy. But the one thing I do know is Cole Komet. I, I, I get into the physical guys. Uh, Damn, that was that was bad. That was, that was really brilliant. You're getting <laughs> the physical guys. I didn't yeah, want like to it, say that. I didn't want to say that. I love his skill set. There we go. He, his physical attributes pop off the chart. That's the better words yeah, that I'm into yeah, physical they pop guys. Off, yeah. That's what it is. He's good. I'm saying for a late, late, late sleeper pick, don't do it like I did Hawkinson last year. Mm-hmm. Well, I took Hawkinson late. I don't think I took him in the 13th round. Yeah, I don't have a problem. That's with that. fair. You could get Cole Komet in the 15th or something. I want to see the quarterback situation. I want to see it be Nick Foles. Yeah. And then Cole give it Komet gets out there and does that stuff. You know, you never know. It's good. Yeah. Give it a year is what I would say for Cole Komet. I can't Komet. blame him for taking him, but yeah. I just look I I, like hey, the Bears. I, you're not getting shit from me. I, I think you might have thought he were. First of you all. You like physical Cole. guys too? <laughs> I, I like their skill set, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> They pop off. Um, <laughs> Fuck you. Um, all right. So, look, Cole Komet is, was my number one tight end by far. It was him and then everybody else, in my opinion. Uh, and, look, in our Debbie League, in our keeper, or our, our Dynasty Startup mm-hmm. League that we did, you know, a couple couple weeks ago now, I took Cole Komet. I mean, he's a guy who I have. I have Evan Ingram and Cole Komet on my team. I'm excited about that. I think Cole Komet's future is bright. And I, you said uh, you don't like the landing spot. For a tight end on a team that has been searching for tight end their entire like yeah, I mean, ever since, since Matt Nagy's Zach been Miller there got hurt since Matt Nagy has been there he has been searching for his tight end to fill that Travis Kelsey role yeah. in his offense 
it could be Cole Komet. I'm not saying it will be. I, I again would say I'm probably not taking I'm not taking a shot on Cole Komet because I like first the other two names that I said earlier on this podcast more, and I also like other names, names as well. I'm probably gonna get him. So, I'm probably gonna get him super super late. Yeah, but I, you're absolutely right. The the breakout potential is there for a team that like I, I you said you like him on 31 other teams. For a rookie year, I don't know if there's another team I would want him on more Seriously, than, than the Bears. Yeah, the, it's, for it's a team Trubisky that is, for me. He pisses me off, man. I, I get it, but Allen I think Nick is throwing was, the ball. Allen Robinson was one of my top three wide, and I mean that top three. That's with Julio, like going back three years ago. He was up there for me as one of my favorite wide receiver options. And he goes to Chicago, and there's so much hype, and it's like Matt Nagy's going to know how to use this guy, and it's going to be so good. Listen, it and wasn't he shits on him. He didn't, but, I mean, he still got— He, he still, still got, gets a 1,000, he still yeah, does that. Yeah. He, has, he has top five potential. Allen Robinson is so talented, and I'm tired of seeing the Bears get good talent and waste it. David Montgomery. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm not— Trey gonna, Burton. If you think I want to defend the Bears, you are sorely no, mistaken. No, you're on the sorely side of mistaken. Chicago now. No, I am not. I am not defending no. the Bears in any Skull. any way. All, <laughs> Skull. All I am saying is the the Bears had 11 tight ends on the roster for a reason. They are searching for the answer at tight end. They got it in Cole Komet. Uh, he he has the potential to be a rookie breakout. Look, if you ask when me When it comes to Matt term, Nagy and the Kelsey role, yes, there is a need for that that they yeah. are trying to fill. And I love their draft because they also got Jalen Johnson, who was yeah, one of my top They had a good draft this year, in my opinion. They do, but they're just shit. Yeah, well, I'm not arguing with that either. Oh, we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, just, Between the pylons. Okay. <laughs> I, you messed me up. I wasn't ready. All right. <laughs> All right, my number two, Naeem Hines. Look, this is the forgotten man in, in Indianapolis. Everyone wants to talk about Jonathan Taylor. Everyone wants to talk about Marlon Mack. I had a, what, six, seven, eight-page uh, Twitter rant this morning on on uh, Jonathan yeah. Taylor. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I've hosted pretty much everything I think about Jonathan Taylor. Check me out at Between Pylons. Um, Throw the plug in. <laughs> yeah. Naeem Hines is the forgotten man. He is the pass-catching running back on the Phillip Rivers-led Colts. And I don't need to tell you how valuable the pass-catching running back on a Phillip Rivers team is. Phillip Rivers is dink and dunk quarterback. He throws it to his running back all the time. He throws it to his tight end all the time. He loves these short over the middle passes because that's just the way he throws the ball. He's really good at just pushing it, and he just he's no, I'm just I'm just messing around. <laughs> you hate but, him. <laughs> I, I like I like Phillip Rivers fine, um, but yeah, I think Naeem Hines he is not getting enough love. Look again, this is a deep sleeper. This is a guy who who could have some serious value in PPR leagues. That's all I'll say. We've argued with a lot of people. Over the Colts' backfield recently. Yeah. A lot of people. And it probably should be another person here to give them that argument because both of us are the minority in this decision. But I really don't think so. Naeem Hines is not gone. Frank Reich has come out and said that he will have a role in the passing game. Yeah. And then you still have Marlon Mack, who did really good last year. You have Jonathan Taylor, who's a damn horse, who's going to be the guy. But it's going to take time to get around all the guys. Yeah. And then you have a coach who just wants to use all the guys anyways. Yeah. Running back by committee. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing a really wrong good system. Naheem Hines is a good pickup. Yeah, absolutely. All Number right. two, I had to uh, taper off my hype last year of him because of the injury that happened to him. And as LaVisca Chanel, he went to Jacksonville in the second round. I was honestly shocked to see him still go that high considering the injury. Yeah. And... The forty time, forty he's a time. Is yeah, he's, yeah, he's a he's a really good playmaker. I don't care what he, he's shifty. He's not he's not straight line fast, but he's shifty. That's all you need. He's shifty. He's a big body. He he balled up on people at Colorado, man. It, yeah. For me, he was he was above T Higgins for me. Yeah. Before he got he hurt, was, and then he? once he got hurt, you know, I kind of had to save that and just kind of hedge the bet a little bit because you never know what the injuries and where the fall happens. 
And, you know, Jackson is one of those spots there where I do think there is a young offense, there is opportunity that is going to be given. Wait, do you have two wide, two running backs in the same – Two wide receivers. Two wide receivers in Jacksonville. On this Jacksonville offense yeah. on here? Yeah. All right. No, yeah. I, I mean, they're going to no, be a bottom smart. five pick. They're going to suck. Yeah. Take 10 shots, one's going to hit. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. LaVisca, Colin gotcha. Johnson, these guys have, the for me, a lot of – actually, almost every single name on this list list has the physical talent. Yeah. That's one of the things. Look, I love LaVisca Chanel. No, I don't. Okay, I hate I hate Lavisius <laughs> Chanel. I think he's shitty. Uh, this is the worst pick ever. No, I like Lavisius Chanel. He's just fine. Um, just fine. I, <laughs> I didn't mean that like just fine, but he's he's fine. Um, look, I, I think it's going to be a similar thing with uh, DJ Shark last year. He took a year as a rookie and didn't do a whole lot, and mm-hmm. then came onto the season last year. I would I would expect similar things from Lavisius Chanel. But at the same time, man, we don't know how. I think they're going to be passing the ball a lot. Yeah. I think they're going to be forced to. And, and it's look, Mania. I like it. I, I, I like the pick. I think it's, it's interesting. Not a name I would have had on there, but I think it's definitely a name to know. I liked it. Uh, very last one. I'm going to do a receiver. I'm not doing a rookie receiver. I'm doing a guy who's been in the league for a little while, Kenny Stills. Wide receiver for the Houston Texans. And, look, I understand that look, he's kind of been the forgotten man a little bit um, in, yeah, he in Houston. Uh, look. Is he the third receiver on this team? Is he the second? I don't know. You have Brandon Cooks. You have you have uh, Will Fuller for about four games, and then you have Will. Uh, you have Kenny Stills and Randall Cobb. I think Kenny Stills is the second best receiver on that team. When I mean, I, I think he will be for the majority of the game because Sean had some high praise of him. Did he not? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And look, Will Fuller, he's going to be hurt half the year. It just it's just going to happen. That's guaranteed. <laughs> chalk I, I, that up. Yeah, to chalk it up to a hamstring or whatever happens, lower leg injury. Uh, he just runs too fast for his own good. I don't know what it is. Uh, Kenny Stills, he is he's going to be one of those guys that I think is going to be a solid fantasy producer. I'm yeah. not expecting huge hype, but if you're looking for a floor pick late, and that's not usually what people look for but a floor pick late if you're in a deep league that has to start three or four wide receivers you need you need Kenny Stills on your bench because there is a high floor type of guy that I would I would look at I absolutely would yeah I mean I can't emphasize emphasize enough how important having depth and floor a mixture of floor and ceiling go ahead and say it I messed up you're laughing you're smiling you're smiling at just because I mess up that's fine (laughs) you gotta have the mix of floor and the ceiling because the floor guys are the ones that you know they're going to come in and get you 10 to 12 points a game. I compare that to like a Larry Fitzgerald right now in the league. These are guys you can't just take all the cool, pretty shots. You can't just do Cam Akers in the fourth round all the time. You can't, you know, you got to get some guys that you know are going to be pl- instant plug and plays and get you guaranteed points. My number one, Michael Pittman Jr. We talked about him earlier. You were still laughing, you child. You were a grown, you're a grown <laughs> man. Compose yourself. <laughs> Compose yourself. I'm, you, you big I'm putting baby. it on the list. No, it's coming on the list. <laughs> it's on the list. You son of a bitch. Michael Pittman Jr., he is stepping up. I truly think he's going to be the number two by the time it's all said and done. Paris Campbell didn't really live up to that role where there was opportunity last year. Well, he was hurt a lot last year. He was, yeah. but he still had chances and still didn't really pull in that many targets. Fair enough. I think it's going to be a good team. I think Phillip Rivers, as long as he, he gets to play indoors, he gets to play behind a great offensive line, and he has a running game to take some pressure off of him. Michael Pittman. I love it. I, I, Michael Pittman, again, another guy who I was very high on coming into the class. We talked yeah. about him a little bit earlier on this pod. But, I mean, I think, yeah, super, super uh, good pick there, number one. 
All right, guys, I think that we're going to close it out right here. Please, if you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. And then if you do that, may as well comment and try and get this uh, T.Y. Hilton jersey. Just say you're here for the jersey, something. You can tell us what you thought about the pod. You can tell us what you thought about our, our picks or whatever you want. Yeah. And then just say something about the jersey. You'll be entered to win. Go do that on last week's episode. Go do that on, on Apple Podcasts. Go do that on any podcast you listen to. And then DM me at Between Pylons and send me a screenshot of it. You'll get entered to win any of those ways bada bing, bada bing. we want to give this ty hilton jersey away we want to give it away to you uh, all you got to do is help us out help us grow a little bit we have been growing a lot we really appreciate everybody uh who has been a part of that everybody who's been on the journey uh guys thank you so much check check back thank next week emphasize is a word right yeah emphasizes infin size isn't okay <laughs> thank you guys <laughs> um, peace out guys seven <laughs>